Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Wednesday morning. They refer to this as hump day in a lot of places. Gentlemen, good morning. Casey. Good morning. Zebra. Morning. Reed, how we looking? Tom? How we looking? It's, it's a beautiful day here in the southwest Ohio. Hamilton, Ohio, specifically. Well, it's always beautiful. I mean, the sun is always shining. You know, you can be driving through a torrential downpour just over in Westchester. Right. right. Elliot, am I onto something? You're onto something here. And then what happens? Bad things. No, you leave Westchester and you come into Hamilton, and what happens? Oh, well, then it gets sunny. Yeah. I think I think you meant if you stay in Westchester. No, I'm saying once you, you stay in Westchester, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad on the west side of Cincinnati. Everybody knows that. It's really bad on the west side of Cincinnati. I thought that's what you were talking about. But when you get to Hamilton, everything clears up. Right. All no roads doubt. lead to Hamilton. The rainbow ends in Hamilton. It's just it's the cradle of civilization. Absolutely. And we are happy to be here. We welcome all of you to Off the Bench, presented by our good friends at United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 a to 12. P. Only guy here. Only guy here. Everybody else sleeping at the wheel. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. Just go to the Chatterbox Sports page if you'd rather join us in podcast form. Many thousands of you do that. Do that. Just search off the bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. The Bengals. All right, they don't play this week. But they certainly have a lot to do. The to-do list, like you get from your wife or your girlfriend, right? The to-do list. At the top of that list has to be the offense. In fact, Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator, he was as honest and blatantly honest as you can possibly be about the state of this offense two days ago. He said the only guy, and he said coaches and players, living up to expectations is Jamar Chase. That's it. Everybody else, far short. I mean, with all the stars, alleged stars, and money being paid to that side of the football, the Bengals are at the bottom or near the bottom in every major statistical category. 27th out of 32 in points per game. Dead last, dead last in rushing yards per game, total yards per game, and passing yards per play. Now, now put that into perspective for a minute, okay? I'm being serious about this. Think about that for a second. You're talking about the Bears. You're talking about the Panthers, who are without a doubt the worst team in the NFL. You're talking about the Jets with Zach Wilson at quarterback. The Indianapolis Colts all have been better on offense than your Cincinnati Bengals. The Jets. That's so sad. What about the Bears and the Panthers? That's more sad. I mean, are you kidding me? Well, the Bears have an elite quarterback, Tom. Well, he, he'd be better if he had it didn't catch a ball and shotgun and, and literally have to run for his life. We'll talk about this later in the show. Uh, other news around the NFL. Seven-time Pro Bowl receiver Julio Jones is back. Jones signed a one-year deal with the Philadelphia Eagles yesterday. Now, of course, his best days came in Atlanta. He's the franchise leader in everything there is there. The last two seasons, he's been in Tennessee for one. Tampa Bay for another, and now back in the NFL. 49ers got good news on all three injured stars yesterday. It appears tackle Trent Williams, wide receiver Debo Samuel, and running back Christian McCaffrey 
All have avoided serious injuries. They were worried. And it's starting to appear as though all three will play Monday night against Minnesota. And as you know, the Bengals play the 49ers the following week. Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence says his wounded left knee is progressing rapidly and that he could play tomorrow night in New Orleans. In baseball, the home runs just keep on coming for the Phillies. Specifically, Kyle Schwarber. Did you guys know he's from Middletown, Ohio? No, I, no idea, Tom. <laughs> he's the pride of it, right? All-state linebacker for the Middies. See, that turned into a shtick for me. It was a shtick. You did and it most every- people got, that's right, every at bat. Right? Linebacker at Middletown. Mm-hmm. And there were so many people that take that stuff serious. Well, he had Chris on the shtick, right? He certainly looks like a linebacker. Oh, yeah. Had it all in. Right. That's Every great. time we saw Schwarber. Yeah. But, I mean, how about what he, is in all seriousness, what this guy's doing? He hits two home runs in game two last night, a 10 nothing route of Arizona for the Phillies to take a two-games-to-none lead in the National League Championship Series. But with the two home runs last night, now look, we have a wild card round. We have a division series round. We have league championship series that years ago, it was best of five, not best of seven. So when you're talking about number of games, all of these old records are right. going to eventually be broken just by the sheer number of games and at-bats that guys get now that reach a postseason. But the bottom line is it doesn't take away. Schwarber ties Reggie Jackson for the most postseason home runs by a left-handed batter with 18. Good for him. The two teams travel to Arizona for game three tomorrow night. Max Scherzer will get the ball tonight for the Texas Rangers in game three of the American League Championship Series. Scherzer has not pitched. Since straining his right shoulder back on September the 12th, he did throw 69 pitches in a simulated game a few days ago. Manager Bruce Bruce Bochy said he is ready to go. The Astros will start postseason standout Christian Javier, and the defending world champs will need him tonight. All right, coming up in a matter of minutes, Hall of Famer, I call him Dad. Marty Brenneman will join us from the high seas of Nova Scotia. I wonder if he has, like, all the rain gear on, the yellow outdoor, you know, man of the sea lid kind of look, you think? Yeah, we'll see. We'll We'll find out. Uh, We'll play by ourselves. Casey has an updated stink list, some surprises for us. Yep. And Elliot's going to reach into our mailbag. Children write us from all over the country with sports questions. And we're going to be diving into the mailbag today. That's right. Is it hard? I mean, does it take a lot of time for you to, you know, go through all the thousands of letters we're getting? Yeah, it does. It takes about three hours every single day. Okay. I have to, I have to go through them all, and I have to, I really have to make sure there's no curse words or anything silly. From maybe. kids, curse words. Yeah, uh, yeah. You'll, you'll be surprised, Tom. Yeah, because some they're just trying to pull pranks. They're trying to be funny guys, funny bobs, and 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 it's not working. So I, I'm going to scout it out. I'm going to make sure everything's appropriate for this very serious sports talk show, and and that's what I do. That's my yeah. role here. You know, the hardest part for Elliot, I think, is trying to figure out which ones are the real kids. I mean, sometimes there yeah. are some fake kids in there. Yeah, some I mean, like, the, to I wondered that, about Muhammad a... from Mrs. Ali's class. Yeah. Well, I think that was – Muhammad's <laughs> the most popular name in the world, Tom. So I, I wouldn't be surprised – I wouldn't be surprised if that was a real kid. But, I, you know, sometimes they get me. Yeah, sometimes they – we'll see if today's is real. But yeah, we'll see. I think I think today's is very real. Okay. 
All right, before we get to Marty Brenneman, are you predicting he is wearing rain gear, outdoorsman kind of look today, like, uh, you know, like the old man of the sea? Not to call him an old man, but do you think he has that look? Yes or no before we bring him in? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think he's got probably like a bucket hat on. Yeah. You know, he, he's ready. Okay, okay. Suspenders. And, and what about you guys? Are you betting that he does or does it? I'm betting, I'm betting that he doesn't. Marty, Marty's a professional. He, he's not playing around with that rain jacket stuff. He's, he, I bet he's in a suit and a tie. Yeah, Marty's, Marty's not a chance of suit and a tie. Suit and a tie for Marty. Well, he has a better wearing... chance of wearing the whole LL Bean outdoor rain gear stuff than a coat and a tie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he's going to be wearing a suit and a tie, but I, if there's one thing I know about Marty, he's going to be fashionable. You're, you know what? Spot on. All right, let's bring him in. Without further ado, let's take a look. And... Casey, what can I tell you? I mean, Casey, put up a put up a uh, uh, a map of where we think he roughly is. Here it is, right here. I mean, now you sailed out of Boston, right? Yes. And then yes, what happened? Correct. We're looking at Nova Scotia. Well, Are you near Nova Scotia? Okay. We sailed out of Boston uh, on Sunday afternoon. Uh, we sailed all night and all day on Monday. Monday was a day at sea. And then we docked very early yesterday morning in Sydney, S-Y-D-N-E-Y, Nova Scotia. And what was that now, like? you Well, it rained all day. Uh, it was cold. Uh, but we went on a ghost tour, which was spectacular. If you and ghosts, which uh, Amanda and I do, and we love, we would did the Jack the Ripper thing when we went in uh, England. Right. Uh, we've done ghost tours in New Orleans, and so we did this ghost tour yesterday for an hour and a half. It rained pretty much the whole time, but we had umbrellas because Marty was smart enough to pack two umbrellas when we left home. Nice. And it was very enjoyable. The guy could have been lying to us for 90 minutes, uh, telling us the various and sundry ghost, sto uh, ghost stories that took place in Anglican churches and uh, all grades of locales, but it was really good. And um, now we're at sea again today on our way to St. John, Nova Scotia. Mm. And from there- zero in on that a little bit. Let's see if we can yeah. zero in on- St. John St. tomorrow. John. We'll be in St. John, Nova Scotia tomorrow. Now you gotta look at Nova Scotia from a uh, south, southerly point because we're heading back to the coast of New England and we'll be in St. John tomorrow. We will be in Bar Harbor on Friday. Yeah, I see that. Uh, Maine. Well, you guys blind? You can't see that? No, I said I do see it. Okay. Yeah. And then we are in Portland on Saturday and that's us. That's our last port of call before we dock back in Boston on Sunday and come home. I think a lot of people, I, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but it certainly holds true to me. A lot of people find that whole area fascinating uh, because most people never go up there. Is it as remote as maybe somebody has a picture in their mind, like not many people living up there? It, what's it like when you stop well, in these towns? Where we were. Where we were yesterday in Sydney, I think the guy told us the population was well, and they had about 40,000 people, 35,000. Right. Nice town. The architecture was very interesting because it was the old, basically old architecture. Uh, the people were very friendly. 
uh, we walked down the main retail district, which was all of about, I don't know, three or four blocks. Uh, they have very good restaurants up here. It's, it's, I, I know exactly where you're coming from because what you stated a moment ago, Tom, is exactly what I expected when I woke up yesterday morning and pulled the curtains aside in our stateroom to look out. It was a lot of, a little bit different from what I expected it to be. I mean, it's unfair to say you expect it to be primitive because it, it's not. Um, it's a heavily Anglican uh, religious religion. They have Roman Catholics up here and, and all manner of different religions. But uh, Nova Scotia was originally founded by the Brits. And so uh, obviously the Anglican Church came across the pond and, and established uh, uh, you know, a, a tremendous following in this part of the country when, when it was first founded uh, hundreds of years. Uh, but yeah, we've been to, we've never been anywhere in Nova Scotia before. We're kind of disappointed we're not going to Halifax. And I don't, I don't understand why that was not a port of call on this trip because Halifax is really supposed to be really nice. Uh, but we're, there, we're missing that. First, uh, uh, Sydney, Nova Scotia, and now tomorrow it'll be uh, St. John, Nova Scotia. I'm interested to see that and how it might compare with, uh, with Sydney. Well, you know, I mean, it, it, you know, when you were starting to say that about not stopping somewhere, the first thing that came to mind is it would be unlike you to complain about something, especially when you're there for free. Right. I'm not complaining. You, you, yeah, you I'm just you disappointed that how Elliot is that it was no, a little bit of complaint. Elliot it sounds like complaining. Sorry, it sounds a whole lot like complaining to me. Did, did my new best friend Elliot say that? He did. I did. Elliot, you can't be my new best friend with making comments like that. I'm sorry. I'm but sorry. You, I, need, you let, let me tell you something. You yeah. need to sit back and take a big, deep breath and let me make a point here. All right. Yes, I will. Halifax is on, is a part of other itineraries. When, when Royal Caribbean sails up the coast out of Boston uh, to New, in the New England coast and then on into into Canada, which is obviously on the coast, and it's Nova Scotia. And and so Halifax is on other trips that they take, where they also stop on the same places that we've stopped at, we are going to or already have stopped in in uh, in Sydney. So I don't understand why they eliminate Halifax for us, because we kind of wanted to go to Halifax. We didn't do it the way it is. Yeah. I ain't complaining. Okay. All right. Well, it, just, it's, uh, it, it sounded uh, like a Amanda. Amanda, you know, my mentor is here. St. Yeah. John, New Brunswick. That's a, that's not Nova Scotia anymore. It's in New Brunswick. And it's a very special place where uh, the St. John River meets the Bay of Fundy. Canada's first incorporated city is St. John. So wow. we're going to go there tomorrow. Yeah, so that's the best I can do. Well, for I would imagine with about. you coming to town that I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Prime Minister Trudeau is there to meet you. Well, he's going to miss a bet if he doesn't show up. <laughs> but you're there, back. in all seriousness, you're with some, <laughs> some Reds. You're there with some Reds legends on this trip. This is a Cincinnati Reds cruise, which you've been doing. No, for it's not. No, it's not oh, a it's Cincinnati not? Reds okay. cruise. It's okay. a baseball cruise. A baseball yeah. cruise. Okay. That have right. Reds players of past. We've got Jim Maloney. Yep. We've got Doug Flynn. Yep. We've got Great Raleigh guy. Eastwood. Yep. And we have Tommy Heenan. 
And uh, it's a great bunch of former players who I dearly love. And uh, I love being with them every year, those that, that show up on this cruise. And uh, and this year is certainly no exception. Tommy Hume is a first-timer. Uh, Flynn has been on previous cruises, uh, Maloney and also Raleigh Eastwick. So it's a nice group of people to be with. Uh, our, our guy, Herb uh, Reisenfeld from Provident Travel, 39th year in a row we've done this. Next yeah. year is year number 40, wow. which is incredible when you consider we started this thing back in 1984. Man, that's a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, are you getting sure a chance? Or are you guys, you know, I mean, in between, uh, you know, the the, the ghost tours and uh, <laughs> some Q&A with some fans, that kind of thing, are you getting a chance yeah. to watch much of the uh, baseball playoffs? We get some of it. We don't get some of it when we're at sea. Uh, we got the game last night, uh, the Diamondbacks and the Phillies, and that butt kicking. Uh, but when, they, when they've had those days where they've had an afternoon game and then they've had a night game, uh, more often than not, we won't get the afternoon game, but we will get the night game. So I've been able to keep track about what's going on, and uh, I'm disappointed that uh, Dusty's down two games to none with Houston. Uh, I'm stunned that with the, this is a case of a club that's playing its best baseball of the year. I'm talking about Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, they're getting great pitching. Aaron Nola was sensational last night. And, of course, you mentioned the home run barrage in that 10 to nothing win. I, I just think right now, based on uh, paper, uh, that the two teams that have a lead are the two best teams, and it's Texas 2-0 and over uh, Houston, and they can eliminate the Astros tonight. And, of course, uh, Philadelphia is a game away from sweeping the uh, the Diamondbacks. So um, I think it would make for an interesting World Series. It's kind of interesting tonight that, who is it, Max Scherzer is starting yep, for yep, uh, yep. Texas. First time he's pitched in weeks, right? Yep, since September the 12th. He injured. He has some kind of strain uh -huh. in his shoulder. and uh, But he, he pitched uh, a number of days ago in a simulated game through almost 70 pitches. Apparently looked really good. Bruce Bochy had made the comment that he was actually available for game one out of the bullpen if they needed him, which they didn't use him. And so now he's getting the right. start tonight. I, I think it's good for baseball to have guys like Scherzer still in there. And Verlander, of course, uh, pitched very well for Houston in game two. But I'm with you. I, I just did the more I watch, and I'm rooting for the Diamondbacks. I'd love to see them win. But man, right. oh, man, oh, man. How about Kyle Schwarber? You know, I mean – Boy, hats off to that young man. It's incredible to, to, to be mentioned in the same sentence. And I brought up earlier, there are more games. You have, you know, more rounds of the playoffs and so on and so forth. And, of course, the LCS now, seven games. You remember when it was uh, a best of five. Uh, you broadcast a lot of those when it was best of five. Uh, but now best of seven. But, man, oh, man, mentioned in the same breath as Reggie Jackson. That ain't bad from a kid from Hamilton or from Middletown, Ohio. Not only that, Tom, but he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, you know, we got to know him a little bit once he got to the big leagues. Uh, and, and very, very pleasant guy to be around. Uh, you know, he is what he is. Here's a guy who barely batted 200, but still hit 17 million home runs and drove in over 100 runs. And, and he was exactly what Philadelphia needed. Uh, you take Bryce Harper, who's truly one of the great players in the game of baseball, and the year that Nick Castellanos has had, uh, plus their pitching. And, you know, Aaron Nola is just a flat stud. Yep, yep. Uh, and, and, and so what he's done should not surprise anybody because this guy is one of the – baseball, 
I mean, if if we had to, as we are today, sitting down talking about uh, who would you give the nod to right now to be world champions, I'd give the nod to Philadelphia yep. because they've had the combination of great pitching and also out of out of reality offense. And uh, the three guys that we just talked about are the three mainstays of that solid Philadelphia ball club, and, and God bless them for doing what they're doing up to this point. I got to tell you, Dad, I, I sit there and I watch, uh, you know, these playoffs. And, and look, I know you and I disagree on this, but I still say to myself, um, I could see the Reds playing with either one, any of these teams that we've seen so far. I mean, all we heard about was how great the Dodgers were. They get swept. All we heard about was how great Atlanta is. They get beat three games to one. Um now, if you're a betting man, you wouldn't have bet for those two teams to, to, to lose. But they did lose to teams that get hot. The Diamondbacks got hot. They're not hot right now, but they were hot beforehand. They didn't lose a single game. And I'm sitting there saying to myself, you mean to tell me that making some kind of a deal going back to when they could have gotten a pitcher and made a deal for a pitcher, and you and I disagree on this, but if they brought in a we guy sure like Jordan Montgomery – or, or somebody and only had to give up, you know, some single-A big prospect at shortstop and maybe a double-A pitcher or something. I say to myself, I think the Reds could have found a way to win two or three more games and get in this postseason. I don't disagree with you one bit, but you have no idea the players that other teams were asking for. No, they I weren't don't. asking for that double-A or single-A. They were asking for the Spencer Steers of the world and the Matt McLeans of the world and the L.A. De La Cruz's of the world. The Reds could have traded for Lucas Giolito, and I know this for a fact, but they were asking for two of the players that I just named. And Nick Crawl said, not a chance, and I agree 150,000% well, with that. Yeah, I'm with you I on that. Trade any I, of I'm with kids. you on that, but I just look at some of the other deals that you were made out there. You can't have it both there. ways. No, no. You no. can't have it both ways. You either are going to trade for a pitcher and rape yourself, by giving up this young talent, which the other team knows that you are badly in need of a starting pitcher with experience. So they're going to take you to town and you either cough up the Matt McLeans and the De La Cruz's and the Spencer Steers of the world, or you don't. And he had to make a decision. There was not one single conversation involving the Reds baseball people with teams that had players that were available through trade. None of those teams asked for anybody but these young players on the okay. big league All roster right. right now. Okay. And All I right. know well, that for a fact. Okay. Well, you know I don't, so I will um, – I, and I agree with you on that. I agree with you a 1,000% that I wouldn't have given up those guys, uh, which nope. leads us to this whole Votto thing. Have, have you heard about this whole thing with Votto and the Bob Nightingale article? Are you familiar with what I'm talking about? I don't know if they have newspapers yes, or television in Nova Scotia. Right. No, I know about the whole thing. I read the uh, Nightingale piece uh, on my phone. Yes. Okay. And, and what are your thoughts about that? Well, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm perplexed by the whole thing because I know when Bob came out with the story, and let's face it, Bob Nightingale is one of the more respected writers yes, uh, uh, among baseball scribes in the country. Um but the reaction by the Reds was, whether it's real or unreal, whether it's true or not true, uh, the comment was that we have not talked to Joey Votto since the last out of the regular season. 
Um, so if that part is true, then there's no way in the world that what Bob Nightingale report is true. So I don't know. Um, I, uh, I, 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 if it's true, and, and the big deal was that what Nightingale wrote was that, uh, you know, uh, Joey's got to have playing time. And Joey's not happy with the fact that he's not going to get the playing time that he anticipated or that he feels like he should get. And that's going to be the breaking point uh, between uh, him, his people, and 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 the Reds uh, baseball people. Um, I don't see how you realistically, if you're Joey Votto, can expect to play every day. I simply don't. And if that's true, then I would kiss him goodbye and thank him for all the good things he's done for this franchise for the last 17 or so years. The only way I could bring him back, assuming the money's right, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, if you just give him arbitrarily out of the contract and give him $20 million next year, you're not trying to win. Um, I can't believe that he would expect to play every day. When you've got Christian Encarnacion Strand, who's got to play first base at least 140 games, I've said it before, it, it, and, and where else, they, the only other place they could plug Votto in would be the DH. Uh, they would answer their question better than I could as to whose playing time he would take away from that position uh, if they said, okay, we're going to bring you back, but you're going to basically be a DH, and you're going to, when those rare times come along that Christian Encarnacion strand needs a rest, you'll play first base, but that's the only situation in which you'll play first base. Um, I don't know. I, uh, I, but I do think it's bad business if you give him $20 million. I think, don't tell me about it. Well, we feel like we owe him this because of the great career. That's got nothing to do with the kind of career you had. We're talking a business deal here and where that money could be better spent or a large chunk of it uh, could be better spent in trading for or signing a veteran pitcher who is going to uh, blend his expertise and his maturity and all the other positive things to the people like Hunter Green and and, uh, and all the rest of those kids to make them better pitchers, like Bronson Arroyo was, and way back in ancient times when Tom Seaver came to the Mets and he did it for the Reds and the likes of Tommy Hume and Paul Moscow and all the rest of those young pitchers, Frank Pastore. Um, I don't know where this thing, I know it's got to be done five days within five days after the World Series ends. And so it'll be a couple of three more weeks before we know exactly what the, the future for Joey Votto is or isn't, as the case might be. You know, um, one thing I thought of this morning driving in today was uh, some people may know this, some may not. Um, when the Reds initially approached you when you had decided you were going to retire and they had initially approached you about having a quote-unquote farewell tour, right? I think most people in your initial reaction was, no, I don't want to do that. I think most people in this world do not want to be the center of attention on something like that. We all know people who very much want to be the center of attention and things like that. But most people, like you, they don't want to. Votto apparently has felt the same way. Um, right. Assuming, what, what made you change your mind? And, and what might make Votto change his mind if they can figure out a way to bring him back? Well, you know, when I told the club I wanted nothing, uh, I felt like whatever they felt like they needed to do for me, I had gotten it back a hundred thousand fold uh, by being able to stay in this town for 46 years and 
and and and enjoy the things that I was able to enjoy and the and and the uh, and the acceptance by the fans. Uh, but material things I didn't need, and uh, they harped on me that it wasn't fair to the fans. It was not fair to the club, um, it, not to make myself available for the things that they wanted to do. And and so basically, I, I reluctantly agreed to do it. Uh, but also, uh, you know, I wanted to know up front and exactly what their plans were when they got specific about how they wanted to treat this whole thing. And and, and I respect the fact I, that Joey uh, is taking the position that he's taken. Uh, unlike me, I think he's putting this franchise in a tough situation. Uh, it wouldn't have made any difference. If I'd have decided to leave, then I would have left or I would have retired when, and, and, and nobody would have moaned over the fact that, well, you didn't honor him the way he should have been honored. Uh, I don't think that Votto cares about that, but in not caring about it, I think he puts this club in a tough situation because as we all know now, the Votto fans, they are not very objective. The majority of them don't understand that at the end of the day, this is a business after all. And and so um, they would expect if, if Joey's uh, option year uh, was contractually of a mind that the club would have had to pay him $50 million to leave, the Votto fans would have said, that's okay, that's fine. You give him $50 million, you give him uh, what he deserves to uh, to a guy who one day will be in the Baseball Hall of Fame and has performed uh, with with uh, tremendous uh, excellence and integrity and, and all the other things that made him the great player that he was when he was on top of his game. Um, I, as I said, if he had done what Miguel Cabrera did at the end of the season, uh, at, at the beginning of the season, I'm not in any way comparing the two players because they're different. But his position was, I'm retiring. And he announced, it made that announcement way back in the winter. And so they did what they needed to do. And the fans were thankful that he was up front about wanting to play one more year and giving the club the opportunity to honor him in the manner in which they felt he deserved and the manner in which the fans felt he deserved. And now, the day after the regular season ends, he's kicked upstairs and he's in the baseball operation, and he's going to continue to be a member of that organization. I think the Reds would have been happy with Joey doing that, but Joey feels like he can still play. Yeah. I don't know why he feels that way, because he's a 200 hitter now, and and uh, he's going to still hit a few home runs. He he he's, he has terrible foot speed, uh, which at times he can clog up the base pass with a, when he's surrounded by a bunch of deer that can fly. And uh, defensively, he's somewhat lacking now. So I think the, 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 the arrows point more toward retiring than they do continuing to play and putting this club in a position of maybe having to say, I hope they say this, if he adheres to, uh, you owe me $20 million if I come back and I'm not coming back unless you pay me 20, uh, I would have, like I said, I'd say, well, I, I, I wish we could do something better than that, but since we can't, uh, it's time to part company. And now whether he goes to Toronto, which apparently has some interest, uh, the fact that they're going to lose Brandon Belt, who was their first baseman, uh, they need some help. Uh, the one thing that works in his favor, and I don't know how they're going to deal with this, this club is very right-handed. 
they need another left-handed bat in their lineup. But they need a left-handed bat that's going to play, not just going to play every now and then. Uh, they need some help in that area. It'll be interesting to see if they say, well, Votto's the answer to that question, which I would disagree with, or we're going to go out and get a younger player uh, that can really take some of the heat off the uh, the right-handed hitters that we will run out there essentially every day. Um, it, you know, I understand their arguments on both sides. Uh, my opinion is no better than uh, the most avid Joey Votto opinion, but he has his opinion. I got my opinion. And I just think from a business perspective, unless you can negotiate something with him, and I would take him tearing up the contract and say, forget about the $20 billion. Let's sit down and negotiate if you have interest in keeping me, because you know you're going to owe me $7 billion anyway. If we part company, you have to pay me $7 billion. Let's see if we can't come up something above $7 billion and where the breaking point might be in order for us to say, yeah, we'll agree with that, or no, we won't. So we'll see. Um, all right, before we let you get out of here and, and, and put on uh, your rain gear and, and hiking gear and all that kind of stuff to get out in the uh, kayak and so forth, um, I want to bounce around the room a little bit. Hopefully we have a little bit better luck than we did last <laughs> week. I mean, I'm hoping. Um, Reed, this time I'm going to start with you. Okay. Anything for the Hall of Famer? Yeah, actually, I, I actually have a question, and, and if you'll indulge me, Marty, not about baseball or anything like that. You said you're going on these ghost tours. I'm a person who doesn't yeah. believe in ghosts. You, if you've been on a bunch I of ghost understand. tours, you, 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 you obviously do. Well, first off, what does a ghost ta- ghost tour entail? And secondly, what what intrigues you about about ghosts? Well, I believe in ghosts. I believe in spirits. I, I um, not that, I, and I've had one experience that, that that people would look askance at to say that's not didn't happen. It did happen, and I know it did, and you don't, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I, uh, the, the, you know, the, we take this 90-minute walking tour yesterday in, in Sydney, Nova Scotia. And the guy who conducted the tour was wonderful. He was a great storyteller. And all the ghost sightings of ghosts in this area, there's a story behind them all. And, and more often than not, the stories go way back. You know, they go two, three centuries back. Um, and the stories are very interesting and um, it both Amanda and I believe in ghosts, and we believe that these stories have have fact behind them, and there are people who have experienced uh, ghosts that are related to the stories in which he was told. So, as I said, we've done them in New Orleans, we've done uh, England. Mm-hmm. Uh, Whitechapel was where uh, Jack the Ripper uh, murdered five women, and in uh, this uh, town here, which probably was the most uh, ghost-heavy town I've ever been in based on the stories that they tell. So I'm a big fan of it. I hope I'm not prying too much when I ask you if uh, the, the ghost encounter that you had. Would I be prying too much if I asked to, to hear that story? No, we were, we were tra- driving to spring training. Okay. Uh, we had driven down to uh, – this is before Ella was at uh, TC. We were supposed to so they kept driving. Yeah, we were we were supposed to drive to El Paso, and but we kept driving because we got to El Paso early in the day. And Amanda, who is a monster behind the wheel, nobody drives, <laughs> and she's the Iron Woman of all Iron Women when it comes to drive because Marty does not drive. And so we go, we blow through El Paso, we get to a little town. I'm sure Tom was familiar with what's the name of the town. Bisbee. Bisbee 
Arizona, Bisbee. Yep. Okay. It's about two hours, two hours and 15 minutes from uh, Goodyear. And we check in at a hotel, the Copper Queen. The Copper Queen. This Bisbee was a town that made a lot of money in the copper business. And the Copper Queen is designated as a state landmark in the state of Arizona, old hotel. And we check in and we get to a room that we find out has a story behind it. We didn't, know the story we didn't know the story until after the fact. Oh no! We got we go to bed that night, we're in separate beds. and we're, we're we they had separate beds. We're sleeping in separate beds, and I wake up in the middle of the night and I feel somebody tugging on my big toe, and it it's it on my huh? Right yeah, my leg, he was pulling on my leg and, and especially pulling on my big toe to the point where I woke up. And I, I had never experienced a, a situation like that. And so we finally stopped. We go back to sleep. We get up the next day. We find out that the room that we were in was the most haunted room in the hotel. And uh, there had been a, a woman had been killed there. Yeah, a woman had been killed there. And she it was a man that did it, and she doesn't like men. Yeah, she 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 uh, a man killed her in this room, and she, her <laughs> spirit comes back and pull. What the hell's so funny about that? <laughs> Nothing. Somebody in the chat just said it might have been the ghost of Laura's lean. But go ahead, please. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's that is good. I like yeah, that. So that's essentially the story. Um, and I know it happened because it woke me up. And uh, this woman comes back in spirit and she doesn't like men because she was killed by a man. And if a man is in one of those beds and she's going to make life hell for them and in a, in a rather menial type of way, she's not in there trying to commit murder, spiritual murder or whatever the case might be. So that that's my story. And it's not a, it's not BS. It's true because it happened. Um, but it could have been a Laura's Lean deal. It might have been. The ghost of Laura's Lean. All right, Elliot. Uh, it's, uh, you're on the redemption tour, Elliot. Yeah, I, I, I listen, I'm not even going to ask a baseball question. I'm not going to fight with that. So I'm going to ask this, Marty. I'm, I'm deathly afraid of deep water. I would never get on a cruise in a million years. Has the captain of this ship confirmed that there are no icebergs anywhere near you? No, he's not, but we know there's not. Okay. Um, All right. That's as important. I look out my window... I, I'm gonna, you know what I'm gonna do, Tom. Yeah, I'm I was gonna, gonna say, I was thing. gonna ask you to do that. Give us an idea of what it. I'm gonna show like the boys. There. I'm gonna show the boys what it looks like. Okay. The high seas of Nova Scotia, staying in your suite, no doubt. Wow! Oh, oh wow! It's gorgeous, man. man. That's that the Atlantic nice. Ocean, boys. That's the Atlantic Stunning. Ocean. How beautiful is that? Stunning. God's it really is, artist. and this is a perfect, perfect day, and is as nice today as it was bad yesterday so this is this is one of the good days and i'm sure the chamber of commerce wherever they're located out there would be thrilled that some of you uh of the uninitiated and and make no mistake about it you are all of the uninitiated uh, appreciate the fact that you got a chance to take a look at their uh you know outside our cabin where the weather was so good uh, have you seen any uh you know whales anything like that while you're we out there ever. No, we have we haven't seen anything like that. Unfortunately, we would love okay. to see that. Um, and you know, we're going to go down to, as I said, we're going to go to Bar Harbor, Maine, on uh, 
Friday, and then Portland or uh, Portland, Maine on Saturday, which will be our last stop. Uh, for those who have never been to the uh, north, the northeastern United States, uh, primarily in Maine, it's incredible. Uh, I would compare it very favorably to the upper northwest uh, coast, uh, Oregon and Washington, the big, high, craggy cliffs, and that's exactly what we have uh, in Maine. Maine's a beautiful state, yep. and uh, we'll be there, and uh, we're big fans of Maine and Bar Harbor and uh, Portland. And uh, we're looking forward to getting back to those spots again. All right, Casey, before we let him go, uh, anything from you? I do have one question. It's a bit of a tired question, but you believe in ghosts and spirits. Do you believe in any other superstitions like aliens or Bigfoot or anything like that? No, I I believe that they're probably aliens. Uh, I I believe that I believe that there's other living beings on other planets. Why should we be so arrogant to think that our planet is the only planet in the entire solar system that has educated life on it? I think you're a dumbass if you feel that way. <laughs> um, uh, the other part, what was the other part you asked me about? Just just other superstitions like Bigfoot or like no, the I don't, Yeti I don't. or... No, I don't believe in Bigfoot. I don't believe in that stuff, stuff like that, but uh, I do believe in, in uh, what we've talked about today. And uh, if you don't, I understand that. It's too bad that you're not as well-educated as I feel like I am uh, and are as objective as I am about a lot of things. I know, uh, Casey, at times you seem to have a very closed mind about a lot of important things, which no I think question. that's too bad. No question. No question yeah. about it. Yep, yep. He thinks the Cincinnati Bengals offense is the greatest thing that man ever created. <laughs> it is. You know, I got a bridge I want to sell you if you believe that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. It's the best thing. All right. So you're back when? Well, you tell. I'll be back. We'll be back on Sunday night. Sunday night. Okay. All right. Yes. Well, you won't miss a Bengals game then. And and um, safe travels. Uh, we're thinking about you, praying for you, you know, smooth seas. And look, how are my grandkids doing? Luke and LMA doing good? Everybody's doing very, very well. Uh, Luke's getting a little uptight because he's going to have a chance to do some stuff for the Big Ten Network, and he is being asked, uh, I was told a little while ago, about wrestling, which he knows nothing about unless he's wrestling with me and his mom about what time he gets home at night. Well, he'll learn, though. He'll learn because I know how he applies himself to stuff like that. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll find Uh, out. Give Polly our best. I will do it. Likewise to Amanda. We know she's right there with you. A lot of people in the chat wondering if you brought Millie along, but uh, I don't know how good of a swimmer Millie might be, so probably best. Yeah, Millie would Millie's... not be happy in this room, though. No. Okay. All right. All right, pal. All right, well, safe travels. We love you. All right, guys. Good being with you. All right. Good seeing you. See you, Marty. How about that? I mean, you get Marty, you think we're talking Reds, you think we're talking baseball, baseball playoffs. No. We're talking Spiritual. about Marty's a, we are talking about ghosts. He's a, he's an onion. You keep peeling back the layers. You you learn more and more about Marty. He's a believer in ghosts. I'm not a believer in ghosts. Tom, you ever you, you believer in ghosts? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Uh, and and you know that the one of the most legendary places for that is where the Red State in Milwaukee okay. for years and years and years and years. Beautiful hotel called the Fister. And there have been hundreds of stories through the years 
And I don't mean like 30, 40, 50, 70 years ago. I'm talking about people that stay there now. And, you know, they, there are a lot of people that want to stay there and then they decide not to. And, 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 the, and the, you know, the hotel tries to tell them that, hey, none of this stuff is true because it is an awesome hotel. It's one of the best hotels you can stay in in the United States of America. Great bar right in the lobby, beautiful. Rooms are nice. I mean, it's just right downtown Milwaukee, big league joint. But, uh, yeah, story's been going on there for a long, long time. We got a super chat. What is this from Chicago Town Real Estate? He said his recent YouTube shorts are spooky. So he's, he's getting some uh, – those are like TikToks on YouTube. He's, he's getting some, some ghost stories now on, on YouTube, maybe because of what we're talking about. And they just – Maybe. Getting the algorithm. Tom, you also you, – uh, your dad was on a cruise. You, you like going on cruises? I I've only you... been on one. I was on a Walt Disney cruise. I, I mean, I love the water. So, I mean, unlike Elliot well, – Elliot, what, where does your fear of water come from, if you don't mind me asking? Is that a ch- child experiencing there? No, well, I, no I, just, I just don't like deep water. You don't know what's down under there. So, I, we, there's 97% of the ocean that's unexplored. So, I don't, we still don't know what's fully down there, and I don't want to find out. Okay. All right. There's big sharks, there's whales, there's things that could eat me whole. I don't want to do that. Okay. I, I went on a cruise this uh, this August. It yeah. Was, it was fantastic. Yeah. I, I, had, I had a lot of fun. It was yeah. a blast. It was Absolutely. Fun. The beautiful ships and, you know, the yeah. whole nine yards. Really they're cool. so really nice. Cool. Casey, you have any interest? You and your bride getting yeah, out on one I, of those bad boys? I think one day Alex and I will get on a cruise. I was talking to Reed about this yesterday. It's just I'm so nervous about – seasickness because once you're on you're on yeah and but not as much on those because they're so big you're not getting i mean yeah it would be through it'd probably be different storm if it was like of a all yacht. storms yeah for have those big boats start getting moved around yeah i mean i guess my fear is mainly of like like a yacht like a yacht is still small enough yes, to where like sure. you're you're really rocking yep so yeah i guess you're right maybe maybe a cruise wouldn't be too bad but okay. yeah maybe one day yeah, I mean, you guys ought to consider that. Um, a couple people in the chat said, Elliot, all you need are some arm floaties. <laughs> that's true. And you don't have to worry about it. Right. Well, I don't think that's true. I don't think, uh, listen, the, I don't think the sharks care for your arm floaties very much. They'll just eat your legs off. So that's, I mean, that's, I've, seen, I've seen Jaws. Sharks don't eat people. Yeah, they do. They've they bitten eat. people. They've, there's never been a shark that has eaten a person. I don't know about uh, you. You want to bet uh, me on that? I'm not so I sure bet, about bet. that. They, they bite you. They realize that you're not food, and then they let you go. Now, the problem is is they're so strong, their bite's so vicious that one bite can kill you, but a shark has never eaten a person. Okay. All right. You haven't and seen you, Jaws. Obviously. I have seen Jaws. Back to sports. Uh, back to sports. Um, any – I mean, yeah, look, you guys said it yesterday. You said the Diamondbacks were D-U-N done. Now, what do you expect them to say after the game last night? They were saying, hey, look, we got our tails kicked here, but we still got confidence in getting back into this series. Without a doubt, there is a clear separation for both teams and really any team left in the playoffs. After you run your top two guys out there, well, there's a big drop-off from 3-4, and, you know, we'll, we'll see if you need a fifth, depending on off days. They'd bring back guys, depending on the circumstances. Uh, you could bring back Wheeler or Gallon or whatever it might be for a game five. But um, what the Phillies are doing is it, it's record-setting with all the home runs. No doubt. Um, 
At home, they have not lost during this postseason. They've only lost one game. That was in Atlanta, game two of that series, best of five. And then they beat them two in a row and they got to Philly. Um, I don't know how they could ever lose a game in Philly when you watch those games on television. Nobody sits down. I have never seen a baseball atmosphere like what's going on in Philadelphia yep. right now. I'm right, I'm right behind you, Tom. I don't know, I don't know how they can lose – with, with that much of a home field advantage. And, you know, we, we talk about all the sports and where, where does home field advantage really play its hand? It's playing its hand right before our eyes on baseball. You know, these Phillies, they're, they're, they're playing spirited right now. And, and you talked before the series started. These Diamondbacks are going to be tough. They got Gallon. They got Kelly for these first two games. Well, the, the, the Phillies just yep. kicked their tails. Yep. So I don't know how the Diamondbacks come back. I don't know how they do it. I mean, they got three games at home. But I don't know how they come back against this Phillies team the way that they're playing right now. The only saving grace is that they're not in Philadelphia, like Tom said. If they were, if, if, if I know it's not how playoffs work, it's not how sports work. But if they played four straight in Philadelphia, they would have been four games swept. No doubt about it. So it, they're on. They're they're at home. They're in Arizona. It'll help them a little bit. I'm sure it'll calm the nerves down a little bit. They don't have the raucous Philadelphia crowd, but. Philly's still the hottest team in the in the postseason. Schwarber's starting to heat up. Castellanos is unbelievable. Bryce Harper is having a, an MVP t- type like postseason. Right. So I, I I think Philly's still still end up sweeping them. I, I don't I, I don't see a way where Arizona can sneak back in this. You know what's interesting is uh, you look at and, and I saw where someone made the comment about you know the 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 and I've always said if you're gonna win a championship in any sport. Your stars have to be stars mm-hmm. when it matters. Mm-hmm. And some people would say, duh. Well, no, no. And I used Cassianos as an example, right? In the National League playoffs last year, much like this year where he's hitting over 500, right? Not going to cover off the ball. But when the World Series came around, it happened to him and it's happened to a lot of guys where all of a sudden you go, you know, two for 28, right? If you think about the Phillies, the last – Two or three stars that they went out, pursued, signed as free agents, or gave big money to, right? Whether you're talking about Bryce Harper, you're talking about Nick Castellanos, and you're talking about Aaron Nola, who was one of their own guys, and they gave him the contract. Their stars have played like stars. Tom, Tom they're, they're, they're four big free agent acquisitions. Kyle Schwarber, been fantastic this championship series. Bryce Harper, been fantastic this whole postseason. Nick Cassiano, playing fantastic right now. On top of that, Trey Turner. Uh, yeah, I love Trey Turner. Trey, he, Trey yeah, Turner he's had right a, there at the top of those. Had a first guys. inning home run yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you, you spend this money for the chances to play in the NLCS, for the chance to play in the World Series. And like you mentioned, when they get here, are they showing up? Every dime that they've spent on these guys, they're getting their money back right now. They're getting their money back right now. You mentioned Kyle Schwarber um, tying Reggie Jackson for the, the home run record for, for left-handed in the postseason. And, and you're absolutely right that they play way more postseason games now. But this shows you how good Kyle Schwarber's been in the postseason. He's played 20 less games than Reggie Jackson in the postseason. He's done it in 100 less at-bats. Kyle Schwarber is a guy, and we talked about this now for a week straight now. Kyle Schwarber, Bryce Harper, Nick Castellanos, all these guys, they're nut cutters. There's they, no doubt about They're the guys you want to up at the plate in these critical situations. Well, let's see, though, when the World Series comes. That's true. Because I'm going to hold out. The jury's still out. They got to go win it. And that's what I say all the time about the Bengals. And you get all uptight. 
Are the stars going to play like the stars? They will. When is, when is Burrow and the offense going to play like stars in, in, in a big-time playoff game? I'm still waiting. They had one good game last year against Buffalo. The offense stunk against Baltimore, and the offense stunk against Kansas City. I'm waiting for the stars to play like stars. I mean, I just I don't know what you want from them, Tom. I mean, you're you're negating play the whole like 2021 stars. Super Bowl. I mean, I, I I don't know. I don't know, Tom. I I think that they will end up playing like stars here very very soon. I think it's just been a rough, rough and rocky start. And, you know, they're 3-3 three and three right now. They pretty much get to hit the reset button, start off with a really tough game against San Francisco. But I think they can get it done. I, I, they have they can the win talent. that game. They, can they win have that game. the talent yes, to do exactly what you're saying and show up and just ball out and win them games just on offense alone. I think they've done it before in the regular season many times. And I think you would agree to that oh, as well. There's no question about that. I think it's just a matter of time. I think if everyone enters in that off season, this not off season, this playoff hunt, well, I'll give them playoff hunt because they're not locks to the playoffs by any stretch of the imagination. If they get into it healthy, I think we'll see it this year. Okay. I really do. Okay, but you, but but you will admit if we're talking about the stars playing like stars, okay? If you look at the last, what would it be? One, two, three. Four, five, six Bengals postseason games. The offense has only shown up in one game. You know what they I did not. They did. They won the game in Tennessee <laughs> two years ago when Burrow got sacked like seven times in the game. Nine times. Yep. Nine times in the game. Right. They did nothing. Okay. And yeah. I'm not putting all this on Burrow's back. I'm saying the offense as a whole. All right. They were terrible that game. Okay. Yeah. They. They were mediocre at best in the AFC Championship game two years ago. They made a few plays when they had to make it. The Super Bowl, the offense stunk. Now, you got to give credit to other teams. They had good players, too. Right? Right. Okay. But they stunk in a Super Bowl when it mattered the most. The Stars did not show up. Last year, should have lost to the Steelers. I mean, the, um, the Ravens. Should have lost that game. A 99-yard Fumble return for a touchdown by a defensive end. The offense was nowhere to be found. They go to Buffalo, they look phenomenal. They look phenomenal. Mixon was on his game, Burroughs slinging it around. Then they get to the championship game, and they can't get three points in the last nearly two full quarters to win the game. You know, the stars have to play like stars. I don't, I don't disagree with you. I would say that. Out of all those games, the guy that has actually shown up to most of those games is Jamar Chase. No doubt about which it. Is, which is also uh, another thing that's happened this season is Jamar Chase has really been the only guy to show up this year. I mean, he's a stud. I mean, he, he's probably the best receiver in the NFL by far. Um, when Chase is having a really good game, I'm just looking at the, the stats right now. If he's the leading receiver, they win ball games, 100% in the playoffs. Anytime that, uh, I mean, anytime that Higgins is is leading and Shamar Chase is not balling out, it's a bad day. So um, I would say the offense, it just needs to learn to 
adapt, right? It needs to learn to be balanced, and it's gonna get there. I, I have faith. I have faith. I think I think at some point though we're we're passing the learning stage, and I, I feel like this season's getting close. We're six weeks into a season, seven weeks after the bye. If we don't show up against the 49ers or Bills, uh, the the learning stage is gone, right? I mean, there's you can't learn anymore. That you've you've lost. You can still you can still make the playoffs. You can still be a good team, but the offensive side of the football by seven weeks into the season has to have it showed up, and they haven't. And, I would, you know, and I love Brian Callahan the other day. I mean, I, I really admire when a guy comes out. And look, you might hate Ryan Day, but at least he showed some some fire, something when he after the Notre Dame game. Again, you might hate it, and you might think it's nonsense, it but nonsense. he showed you some fire and some passion. And 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 I saw that from Callahan the other day. Yeah. He came out and said the only guy. The only guy, coach or players, coaches, players, that has lived up to expectations is Jamar Chase. The only one. Yeah, yeah everyone. <laughs> we keep spinning our, our, our wheels here about this offense, and everyone is, is right. This offense isn't playing well. Play calling's bad. Execution's bad. No one besides. No, it doesn't not playing well. It is awful. Correct. Awful. Correct. Correct. Okay. Those those big posters, those big banners on the side of Paycor Stadium that show Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, all these guys. I mean, they, you can burn them for all that matters because they're not playing well. And if this team wants to get to where they think they should be, which is the AFC Championship, which is in the Super Bowl, yep. these guys are going to have to show up. It's simple as that. Yeah, and here's the one thing. like, I don't think it's a hopeless situation like many people are making it out to be. They've shown plenty of sparks here just this season alone. There's two really bad games, Tennessee and, and the Browns. But other than that, the offense has had sparks in all the rest of the games. They've had some offensive movement in all the rest of the games. And you've seen in the past them be able to figure it out for 10 weeks straight. I'm not, I'm not worried. I will hit the panic button if by the time we play the Bills and they look bad against the Bills that it is – I mean, we're half we're halfway through the season at that point, so it's not a it's not good if we can't figure it out halfway through the season. But you know, the, what what Brian Callahan said. I mean, it's true. I mean, they got to step up. They got a week and a half to figure it out. Okay. Well, uh, we're at eleven o'clock. You know what that means, boys and girls. Now. Elliot's job is not all that tough, as we made reference to earlier on, about every time you pull past Springdale or you pull past Middletown or you drive past Westchester, you come into Hamilton, and, I mean, the sun is shining, the grass is still green, looking to get mowed. Golly. Golly, Tom. Right? And so, you know, but once you leave the Hamilton city limits – there might be some discrepancy in the weather. So having said that, we turn it over to our main man, Elliot. Well, hey, 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 everybody. Listen, it is time for the weather. Elliot Michaels here, Chatterbox 420 weather. I was driving in this morning, and Tom's right. The weather outside of the Hamilton area, terrible. It was foggy everywhere. I was on my way to work. There, unfortunately, it's only a one-way one road. I got one road to get to Hamilton. Reed said all roads lead to Hamilton. That's one road for me. I have one. I have one magical rainbow road that if it doesn't work, I'm screwed. And this morning I was screwed because 
Not because of a serious accident, which unfortunately there was, but because of the fog. People can't see when they're driving. This cold air has brought in a bunch of fog. Now, us in the meteorology uh, community, we call this a cloud falling from the sky. So, a cloud fell from the sky, covered my entire morning commute. Clearly, somebody else saw it and got distracted and unfortunately got into an accident. And I couldn't get to work on time. But that's the way, we, that's the way it is. But here in Hamilton, which is where I preside, this is, uh, this is my town, this is my home, the, 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 the weather here is gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's a high of 65. The sun is shining. There's a low of 47 when it gets cold at night. Yep. But even when it gets cold, Tom, you just you start a bonfire. No you sing some songs. Yep. You sing some Halloween songs. And you're back on track. This is the what's greatest. A Halloween song? Yeah, what's your favorite Halloween song? Yeah, what's your favorite? <laughs> yeah. That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, a... If you just said to me, you know, you sing Kumbaya yeah. or something, I'd have been like, all right. What's yeah. a Halloween song? Yeah, you two are on that one. You I think two, there's one. I got the... This is Halloween. This is Whoa. Halloween. It's the one from the that cartoon. The, the Nightmare Before the Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare, that's nightmare Before Christmas. Christmas. That doesn't count. Uh, yeah, that doesn't I'll give count. You Monster Mash. That's right. The, the Monster, Monster Mash. Ma okay. All right. Then I get the the Monster Mash the is my favorite. Monster Mash. So yeah, Spooky they they were ready. Skeletons. Shout out to shout out to Ronald Reagan and and, and, and <laughs> Tom here because they were ready. To I roll need with a that. nickname. I don't want this anymore. I don't know what you I can call just you. Think about it. Doesn't have to be now. All right. Continue on. All right. That's it for the weather. Listen, if you if you if you if you if you don't believe me, you check your phone as everybody does. Boom! It's beautiful outside. High of sixty five. Sun is shining. It's gorgeous. As Tom said, the sidewalks ripe for mowing. So everybody, get out there, mow your sidewalks. Have a good time here in Hamilton. Let's have let's have Pumpkin Town Part Two this weekend. Just get a pumpkin and have some fun with your friends. That's really what the, what Pumpkin Town's about. Having fun with your friends. Tom, back to you. All right, we've gotten some suggestions, you know, that I could be George Soros. That's not very nice. Um, I could be uh, T. Dizzy. I am a little dizzy. White Claw Tommy. Now, that's, that, that's just really inaccurate. Um, all right, well, wait. Uh, he'll come up with something. He'll come up with something. All right, here in the, uh, the second hour, uh, we've got to work from our sponsors uh, yep, first. Still got to pay the bills. Got to pay the bills around here. We briefly mentioned the Bengals, and maybe yep. we'll talk a little bit more about them later. But that report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions from a data center world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing modules to improve efficiency and productivity. Yeah, I mean, it's productivity every day, Casey. That's right. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. And then let me tell you about this water right here. Pawnee Water, made right here in Hamilton, Ohio, uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water, the best tasting water in the world. Visit Pawnee Water at P-A-H-H-N-I-Water.com. See where you can buy this great tasting water. And for me, the pH level of this water. It's not a seven. It's not a nine. It's an eight. Reed, what do you like about this water? Well, you know, I like the superior limestone or the natural limestone oh. filtration. It's, it's, it's the, it's superior hydration here. It's P to the A to the H H N I. Yes. That's Pawnee P to the A, A to the, the H H N I. Yes. That's Pawnee yeah. P to the, to the, to the, to the hit of L E. 
Yeah, it's good water. It's great water. It's my favorite water. I wake up in the morning, I drink the water. I go to bed, I drink the water. When I have lunch, I drink the water. When I eat dinner, I drink the water. Pawnee water, perhaps, no, not perhaps, the greatest water known to man. It's involuntary responses like that where you know this water is better than every other water brand out there. All right, guys, um, some, some programming you note. Know, we will do box lunch after the show as we do for our members only. So if you want to check the HBO version of box lunch, that is today, right after the show. We'll be we members can say only. whatever the hell we want. Right. That's a nice Tim Robinson skit. Um, we'll be back Friday with box lunch as well. We're back to the Monday, Wednesday, Friday programming schedule of box lunch. We have plans to do behind the scenes content or members only content on Tuesday and Thursdays, but let us get his feet underneath us on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then when, when Trace is back, when we're not doing so much stuff with fall sports and everything like that, we'll do stuff every day after off the bench for members only. But uh, yeah, so Casey, you got something? Um, you know, I uh, <laughs> I also want to, are we, are we doing the rotating host at all for yeah so, lunch, so so listen this is a little inside baseball we're trying to teach everyone to do what casey does that if casey, so casey can take a day a day off every once in a while so yesterday i learned how to do the keys on the producing so we're gonna we're gonna do a scrimmage we're gonna do a live scrimmage friday casey's gonna host box lunch after off the bench and uh, i'm gonna produce so if you want to see whatever cluster <laughs> cluster heck that is um, yeah, tune in Friday. So yeah, we'll, we'll be rotating guest host. I'll be hosting box lunch today. Um, Elliot hosted it Monday. Casey's going to do it Friday. Trace will have it sometimes, but yeah. Um, and we have breaking news. We have breaking sports news. Uh, Harrow, shout out Harrow in the chat. He broke it. Uh, Justin Williams just tweeted out Cincinnati Bearcats men's basketball coach, Wes Miller announces at big 12 media day. That second time transfer big men, Aziz Bondago and Jamil Reynolds have both had their waivers for immediate eligibility denied by the NCAA. Yes. Miller, yes. Says, Miller says Cincinnati is appealing that decision. I, I got to tell you, you know, um, this stuff with the NCAA is insane. I mean, at the end of the day, what are they doing to these kids? They changed their mind because Mac Brown at North Carolina came out and just ripped the NCAA to shreds about their receiver, Tez Walker, not being able to play. I mean, what, what are you doing? The idea I thought of the NCAA was to help young people, student athletes. What good are you doing, somebody, by, by all of a sudden saying, nope, 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 we're not going to let you play. We're not going to do it. Now, look, I understand there are certain situations and the system could be abused and all this kind of thing. There's no doubt about that. But this is insanity. This is insanity. I don't know about these two kids in particular, but let's just be upfront and honest about the whole thing, okay? And most of these kids would tell you this themselves. They're way out, and if you watch that University of Florida documentary, whether you liked it or hated it, the Swamp Kings saying, I don't care if you liked it or hated it. You heard the words from the players' mouths. The Brandon Spikes, the Brandon Silers, the Chris Rainies, all of these guys. Their only way out of the way they grew up, and this isn't across the board for every student athlete, that's not what I'm saying, but for a lot of these young people, this is the only way out. A chance to, if not play in the NBA in this case, a chance to play overseas and make money and make a living and provide for your family if you came from nothing, whether it was rural or urban or whatever else it might be. And for the NCAA to step in 
and tell these two kids they can't play is just absolute lunacy, in my opinion. Can somebody give me a reason why, why I'm wrong? No, and I, and I am not a fan of the NCAA, as most people are not. I think they are corrupt. And again, I, I don't want anybody, any lawyers coming at me, suing me from the NCAA. So I'll say it in a joking manner. Uh, but I, I, I don't think the NCAA has ever looked out for the best interest of kids. It, it's taken this long for kids to make money off their own name. They've been unable to do so in, in decades prior. I, I'm not a fan of the NCAA. I'm, I'm not a fan of this decision. I don't understand the decision. So now, and the thing about it is, these kids are just screwed no matter what. They can't go somewhere else. Their season's done. They no longer have a basketball season this year. So that sucks. Congrats to the NCAA for uh, destroying two kids. Tom, Good for them. Tom, do you think we're, we're reaching the end of the NCAA? Do you think that these, these schools will start governing themselves? Because the NCAA is a third party, right? It was created to help govern um, college athletics. But do you think there will ever be a future without the NCAA to where these, um, say the Big Ten says, listen, we're going to leave the NCAA, we're going to govern ourselves. And you could still play teams, like, it, it, it wouldn't change it. It would just be outside of the NCAA. Do you ever see a future in which the NCAA is basically defunct? Well, there's so many layers to all that because of all the other sports that they oversee. I mean, the, right. only, the only sport, whether it's – NCAA Division I, NCAA Division II, NCAA Division III. The only sport that the NCAA does not run its championship tournament is in football. Football creates its own college football playoff right. kind of thing. But they're still under the guidance and the rules they are bound because their universities and their conferences are bound by the bylaws of the NCAA. So... All of that's above my pay scale to think there could ever be a day. I don't think there's any doubt there's going to be a day where somebody else governs football. I think we're very close to that happening. Right. But for the rest of it, you got a daughter that plays volleyball. You got a daughter that plays field hockey at Wittenberg. You got a, a son that's a wrestler at Ohio State. I mean, w whatever it might be, runs track at UC. Um, I'm not smart enough to figure that out. But but I am smart enough to figure out just what has happened in this week alone with the NCAA. The University of Kansas men's basketball team in a two- or three-year investigation was found to have committed five level one violations. Those are the worst violations, the highest level violations that a school can commit. The basketball program has five of those that they know are a fact. They take down a banner from six years ago, a Final Four banner. That's basically all that happens to the University of Kansas. They've had the same coach. Boy, they suspended for three games last year. And, I, and I'm not going to sit here and call out Bill Self and say he's some terrible guy. I'm not saying that. I don't know enough of the facts. But I do know that everybody agrees they committed five level one infractions, and this is the penalty. Nobody's around anymore from that. Doesn't affect anything going on now. And in the same week you make that decision, you make a decision that Tez Walker can come back and play because Mac Brown has humiliated you publicly. All of this has happened in the last eight, 10 days. 
They change your mind on Walker. It's not even a slap on the wrist to Kansas basketball. It's, it's not even it, it, it's not even it, it's not even sh- a sh- shooing a fly off your wrist. And then you come down with this: the two young men, student athletes, and I don't know if they're good guys or bad guys. I have no idea. But I but I do I do like Wes Miller as a human being. I think he has good judgment on the kind of players that he recruits and wants to bring in. I don't think he's bringing outlaws into the program. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that these two young men who are in their, you know, two-time transfer thing, and that's where we are with this. Same thing with Tez Walker for North Carolina. And after what you just did with Kansas, or didn't do with Kansas, you're going to suspend and make ineligible these two young men to play this year in college basketball? I mean, are you kidding me? Tom, are these big programs starting to realize that the NCAA is toothless against them? Because college basketball... Well, they're not was, toothless. Well, it's 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 too, they have teeth against these smaller programs they like do. UNC football, like UC basketball. But when it comes to Kansas basketball, they can't they can't slap them because they know if, if Kansas basketball isn't a big brand, then, they're, then their product loses millions and millions and millions of dollars. That's right. So these teams like Kentucky basketball, like Kansas basketball, like Duke, UNC, these teams, they, they, they can run w- with impunity. Because they can do whatever the hell they want because they've got college basketball by the balls. they got the NCAA by the balls. And UC basketball, it is a big brand. It's not on the same level as these, these programs. No. They can do whatever the hell they want. Same with Alabama football. Same with Ohio State football. They've realized that these big teams, the, the, these big programs have realized that the NCAA can't do anything. Can't touch them. Can't lick them because they know that if they hurt Kansas basketball, the product of NCAA college basketball gets hurt. I'm just re- really, I, I'm not surprised. I, I, I'm just, I, I'm just really, really, um, I'm disappointed for, for those young men and for the UC basketball program because, um, you know, look, whether you believe it or don't believe it, there are a lot of people that feel like if these two guys are eligible, that they've got a legitimate chance to be an NCAA tournament team this year. Mm-hmm. Now, whether you buy that or not, like I said, yeah. but I'm just telling you a lot of people who follow it a lot more closely than I do, feel like even walking into the Big 12, the mighty Big 12, that with these two guys, these are Big 12 big men. They can play. They can compete. Uh, And that UC has talent in other places good enough to make the tournament. And, man, if you're Wes Miller this morning, I mean, what's going through your mind down there right now if you're Wes Miller? Yeah, he said he's appealing. He said he expects them to be cleared after the uh, appeal process. He did? That's what he. That's so. That's that's part of that's part of the news. He says we're very discouraged by the waiver denial. I have hope that through the appeal process they will be cleared. I expect they will be cleared. Okay. All that right. is well, what West Miller, right. That's what Wes Miller is thinking now. I I, I don't know how they would uh, grant that after they already denied it, but we'll see. It's like appeal. It's I, I assume it's similar in the NFL when you uh, or in the MLB when you when you try to appeal a suspension and it just doesn't work. It's just to buy time. I assume that's what the NCAA here is. They're just going to wait a couple weeks or a week and then shut it down again. So, Well, they it's changed not good. their mind on Walker. It's not good. It's going to be a long – it might be a long winter. 
It'll be a long winter. It might be a long winter. It, it, you know what? You know what this also does. In all seriousness, is if if those two guys could play, and UC had a terrible year in the Big Twelve. Yeah. Wes Miller would have absolutely been on the hot seat. Absolutely. I, I, I feel this as I'm a Xavier fan, but I feel like Wes Miller would have been on the hot seat. I don't know if he would have been canned, but he certainly would have been nearing that if they had another bad year. Don't make the don't make the tournament. Now with those two guys, it bought it bought Wes Miller extra time. Yep. Because now you have an excuse. Now you can say, listen, we're going to a new conference, playing in the best conference in college basketball. Two transfers that we expected to be a part of this team. They they can't play. What am I supposed to do here? So, at the very least, it buys Wes Miller more time. Okay. Well, well, we'll see what happens. And, by the way, you know, you say you're a Xavier fan. Anybody who badmouthed Adam Kunkel, you're, you're, you're not a Xavier fan. What are you talking about, We've Tom? We've talked about this before. I've been – That I, guy was a gamer. A gamer. I mean a gamer. And, look, I'm not a Xavier fan. He did everything Although the right I would be very happy if Sean Miller would decide to join the program. We had Wes Miller. We had Darren Horn. Right? Yep. I mean, we've had Urban Meyer on this show. Wow. You've had the head coach of Miami Sean, football? Miami football. Chuck Martin. Coach Martin. Great dude. Right? I'm going like to reach out to Ryan Day here down the road. I'll bet you he'll come on. <laughs> anyway, Sean, Sean I'm not a Xavier guy. <laughs> Um, yeah. And yet, I really liked. How do you not like? <laughs> Seriously. I, How I'm do you come from a sports family? Your dad was this legendary coach, won right. state championships, <laughs> um, certainly raised you in such a manner that, hey, man, you know, you want to be that guy that your team just loves having on your team, and if there's uh, guys on the other team don't like you too damn bad, and yet you did nothing but kill him. I Elliot got, is he a gamer? Uncle, he's a gamer, and you're a UC guy. Did everything the right way. I'm tired. <laughs> I was tired of everyone's favorite player being Adam Kunkel. <clears throat> I was tired of it because I thought he was the he was the fifth best player on the floor. Contrary. So I, I that's not true. Contrarian he was by not nature. most of their games, and when it mattered the most, he did play very well in the tournament. He no played doubt about it. better. He played better Correct. than Bloom down a stretch. Or um, Bloom, that was that was years ago. That was Trayvon Bluett. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the kid last year who led him in scoring. Oh God, I forget their point guard's name. <laughs> Sule Boom. Sule Boom. Sule Boom. He played better than him in a tournament. That's you're right. Biggie's tournament too. I cannot, I cannot go against Adam Kunkel and how he played. In the postseason, in the Big East tournament, in the, the NCAA tournament. All I'm saying is, is I was tired of it. I thought Nunji was better. I thought Fremantle was better. I thought Colby Jones was better. I thought Stule Boom was better. He's the fifth best. He's the fifth starter. I didn't say overall on the year. I just said nut cutting time. And this is nut cutter nation. He played Conkle the game. The showed right. up. He played the game the right way, didn't he, Tom? That's the one thing about Adam Conkle. He played the game the right That's way. That's the one thing, Elliot, you and I have in common. We can appreciate That's right. the everyman. That's right. Right? The hard worker. He wakes up. He's in the gym before everybody. He leaves after everybody. He's just the hardest working guy on the team. Yeah. He's a gamer. No doubt about it. Gym rat. Gym rat. Mm. Lunch pail guy. That's our guy. <laughs> Jerome Hunter was 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 – <laughs> he stole that. That's the thing about it is everyone that loved Adam Kunkel should have been loving Jerome Hunter. He's the real Jim Rat. 
Huh. Yeah, I just I just pledged a mouse right. cop. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we got we got lots going on here today, right? So, uh, Casey, yep. I want to get to your stink list. You want to get to the stink I list? I want to get to the stink list. Okay. And 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 look before you put it up. It's going to lose all credibility if, after beating the San Francisco 49ers with a journeyman quarterback, a star in the XFL, but not a star in the National Football League, mm-hmm. the Cleveland Browns, the Brownies, yeah, one of the great franchises in the history of the National Football League, <clears throat> they better not be sitting down near the bottom again or at the bottom again. Well, Tom, guess what? They did move. They did move. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do something like a little intro. different. Where is that right there? That Elliot? is uh, right in the middle of Rumpke. <laughs> say what you want me to say. I'm not saying what you want me to say. And so, I, <laughs> I think that's Garbage Island out there in the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, that's oh, in Nova boy, Scotia. Okay, go ahead. So this time, <laughs> this time I decided I was going to do something fun for y'all. I'm going to reveal the stink list. I'm not gonna just show it right away oh, good. because that kind of ruins the fun. So we're gonna start. With the bottom, okay? And you'll see there's no Browns at the bottom of this Ooh, list. I these teams, I want to look at this bottom for a second here. These teams here, Cardinals, Titans, Bears, Raiders, Packers, yep. Giants, Broncos, Panthers, Patriots. Don't have a single disagreement they, uh, in the nauseating category. Th- these teams. Did, did, did G get left out or is it just nauseating? Nauseating. Nauseating. Okay. Nauseating. Okay. All right. Uh, the, these teams, they just have no chance for Anything. a above 500 season. There's just no uh, chance. Green Bay's got a chance. They're in a bad division. Go ahead. But then we move on to the next category, the stench. These guys oh. are confused for being some somewhat good, but they're really not. Pittsburgh has the worst offense I've ever seen. No, they really the don't. They, they obviously don't because lives. statistically they don't. <laughs> the Falcons, right, so I mean. So think about what you just said for a second to put yeah. it maybe in a better perspective. <laughs> yeah. You just said they have the worst offense you've ever seen. Yeah. But they still rank higher than the Bengals. I know. That's, okay. that's right. hard to Go do. Ahead. Very, very hard to do. And, you know, <laughs> the Falcons, I've lost a lot of faith in them. I think they really are just a quarterback away, but their quarterback is just so Raiders up not the guy. Down. I'm shocked. He, well, I mean, it? he was supposed to be a game manager, right? And they continue to ask him to throw 45 times a game, which is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, Arthur Smith, he should be fired. Um, Colts, they just lost Anthony Richardson. Um, that's That sucks for them. I thought they were on a really good trajectory. And then the Vikings, they're without, um, they're without their all-star receiver, Justin Jefferson. So that's why they're there at stench. We move on to the stink. These teams, they just kind of stink. Um these teams, they'll they'll probably <laughs> oh have they'll have some chance to make it I into mean, the you playoffs, but they just they just stink. They they've got something wrong with them. They got something oh in the room that's God. rotten. Uh, Dallas, they got Dak Prescott. Did, did Baltimore Jags, beat? Did Baltimore beat the Bengals? They did. But or is I mean, Baltimore on this list a, somewhere? It was a fluke. It was a fluke. Yeah, it was a fluke, Tom. I mean, Baltimore, they didn't deserve to win that game. I mean, without Joe Burrow throwing that interception, I mean. Would you, could you, should you, uh, whatever. We're moving on. <laughs> that was so close, Casey. We're going to the odorless category. And you might be thinking, well, Casey, usually there's there's a couple other categories. Well, we'll get into those categories here in a second. These teams, they're just 
they're okay. They don't stink at all. They they um the odor is the Bengals offense. The, the, they're so odorless. It is not odorless. They are odorless. Read the these list. These teams have minimal minimal issues. Uh they don't they don't have any glaring weaknesses. Um they 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 are the most complete rosters in the NFL in my eyes. That's that tier list. Do you have a, do you have then, even a second a second what? of pause to put the Bengals in the same category, whatever you want to name it yeah, with the Niners, yep. Eagles, <laughs> yeah. Lions, uh-huh. Dolphins, sure. Chiefs. Absolutely. And actually the Bengals are ahead of the Chiefs by one. By one. Yeah. To be fair, Tom, <laughs> to be- when you think of uh, oh explosive God. offenses in the NFL, you think of the Miami Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals. Simple yeah. as that. Yeah. Simple as that. And we're, you know, I don't know if you guys remember my, how my tier list works, but there's actually another tier and Which one there's that? one team that we have not talked about yet, That's but right. they're not up there because you want to know why you want to know why Tom. Yes. The Browns. They're putrid. They're the worst team in the NFL. <laughs> they think that they can just be this oh top dog God. team by beating a team that lost three of their best players in the middle of the game, and they won the Super Bowl. This is an underrated team and all this, that, and the other. No, Tom, they should have lost that game. If Jake Moody didn't miss that field goal, they lose the ball game, and they want to act like they won the game. They didn't win nothing. They sneak by the 49ers. And now with everyone a, wants to with a crown journey, them the, not the, even the a Super journey Bowl describes the quarterback that started that game for the Brownies. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They are putrid, Tom. This is the worst team, the worst fan base I've ever seen. Yeah. And this is my worst week seven tier list. This Terrible is the worst. Base, this Terrible is the worst. Base. Wait Future. a minute. Wait a minute. Stop. Oh, I no. want to pick up on that. How? Please explain to me how the Browns have a bad fan base. Please explain that to me. I have they, no res- I have no respect for any fan base that is so big and so, you know, fanatic and they just root for a team that always loses. I can't imagine rooting for a team that has but it's long span team. Right, I get it. They've got a big fan base. I can't imagine rooting for a team that just went on a long, you know, drought of losing like the Cleveland Browns have. I can't yeah. imagine. I mean, I, like when you ask Cleveland Browns fans who their favorite teams are, they say like Ohio State, the yep. Cavaliers of old. And then when you ask them out of the three that you just mentioned, which which ones are your favorite, you'd think that they would say a winning franchise. No, it's no. the Cleveland Browns. There's something they wrong love with football them. up there. There's something wrong with them mentally in the head. I don't know what it is, but they just love they love to be in the middle of stink and putrid. They love to they love to just sit in and the river catches the on fire. Right. Yeah, and the river the catches on fire. Oh, that's river. old something, something tired ca- news. Listen, I'm not, listen, I'm not a I'm not a Cleveland guy. I like the town. I hope not. I do like the town. I want to hear your explanation for their bad fan base. Yeah, they all defended Deshaun Watson. That's bad. That, that's pretty bad too. They all got on. They all got on X.com, and I see them making massage jokes when they rock into the stadium. Yeah, that's not great. So that's okay, why do I Bengal think fans stand and cheer for Pac-Man Jones? I think it's a do little Bengal different. Do Bengal fans, do they stand different. and cheer for Vontez Perfect? What did Vontez ever oh do? Oh, my God. Come on. Vontez never did anything illegal. I mean, yeah, He on. never did anything come illegal. On. Come on. Pac-Man come has been arrested. <laughs> that's Pac- confirmed. Pac- that's Pac- good. Pac-Man might have done something really, really bad. Yeah. <laughs> 
Listen, we Tom, just don't know. And it's not just about the fan base when it comes to the Browns. I, I look at their <laughs> roster build, and I think there's a lot of problems. I think yeah, there's a I lot of problems. What are their problems? Their, their defense has so many holes. Their defense has a lot of holes, Tom. Lots of really? holes. Really? Lots of holes. Well, you it's might want to call Kyle Shanahan and, and let him know what those, what those holes I mean, are. I mean, for me, they don't have a quarterback either. Yeah, they don't have a quarterback. They don't, they don't have a running back anymore. Yeah, they just really stink, Tom. I just they don't know what to tell Ford you. Ford looked pretty damn good the <laughs> other day. He looked pretty good the other day. I don't know what you're considering Would you take good. Kareem Hunt you... on his team, the Bengals? Uh, would you take him? I so would not. Back. No. Would you take Kareem Hunt, yay or nay? Nay. Nay. Oh, nay. God. You wouldn't Come take him on. either. You wouldn't take him either. Why, would, why do you want Kareem Hunt? We got Joe He's Mixon. Not, he stinks. Yeah, we got, Joe, we got Chase Brown. Travion Williams. Chris we got Evans. Drew Sample as our third down back, Tom. The That's best line, Molly says, uh, is it Molly? Says, yeah, Reed doesn't understand rooting for the quote-unquote hometown team. Great I'm, point, Molly. I'm a Bengals fan and a Xavier fan. Are those not hometown enough? Bengals are. <laughs> Xavier is too. Xavier does not reside in Cincinnati. Kirby says I still wear an Addison Russell jersey. Yeah, that's a tough hit. It's a tough hit. Drew, Drew Garrison. <laughs> We're comparing perfect hits to 26 sexual assault allegations. Perfect had zero off-field trouble. I said that, Drew. Yep. We I said defended, that. I've, I, I defended Vontez Perfect. I know he had no off-field trouble, so I agree with that 100%. But he was a very, very dirty player. Allegedly. Okay. I think he was the he most was penalized player, player, but allegedly. <laughs> I mean, he was freaking – he was an animal out there. I mean, I cheered for the guy. I'll be the first to admit it. I did. But I asked you about, you know – we're going to start talking about Browns fans defending Watson, and I'm not defending Watson in any form or fashion. But I'm just asking. You, you, you're tearing up their fan base for doing it. Um, Pac-Man Jones. I, I can't defend Pac-Man. I, we can't yeah, defend I, Pac-Man. Okay. Listen, I, can't right. say, I can't say anything about Pac-Man, but I don't think the city is going around throwing parades for Pac-Man Jones. I also think that there's some crimes that are a little bit worse than, than others. I'll just – Put that out there. Yeah, what do you I won't, think? I won't elaborate any more on that, but yeah. I'll just, I'll <laughs> let's, just, let's, I'll let's just break that onion down. No. Let's break it down, Casey. No, no. What crime's worse? Let's All right, I think we got a letter. Yeah, let's let's yeah, talk let's about this letter. letter. Oh, we do. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. I wonder who it's from. I am very excited about this today, uh, Elliot. Well, I hope I hope I hope whoever whatever child wrote this, I hope they. Gave you a good one. So here we go. Uh, today's mailbag uh, comes from Little Sweet Karen from Mrs. Carpenter's class. Uh, that's Little Sweet Karen from Mrs. Carpenter's class. My mommy is a lifelong Iowa football fan. For some reason, our quarterback can't throw a football. Yep. Las Vegas set his passing over under this week at 101 and a half yards. On Saturday, he threw for 37 yards total offense against Wisconsin. How is it possible that Iowa can never play offense or run a competent offense in the supposed best conference in football? Well, let's hold on for a minute here, a little Karen. Yeah. Because the 15 points Iowa scored last week was good enough to beat Wisconsin. Sure. And the last time I checked, right now, and it's the final year, there's going to be two conference or two divisions inside the Big Ten conference. Iowa has a path once again to the Big Ten championship game in Indianapolis. Do you, 
That West, that West division of the Big Ten, a, it's a sham. Tom. Yeah, yeah, brutal. It's a sham. No question. Well, I mean, if, if we're going to have two divisions, no we got to split up the power, the powers, right? I mean, what are we doing? Imagine your quarterback's over under total being at a hundred, and he's and it's I, I'd hammer the under. That's and they just a, lost their starting tight end for the season. Brutal. Speaking of speaking of over unders on quarterbacks, do you think Joe Burrow's a perfect six six and zero on on unders. getting? On getting unders yeah. on his passing yards? Because his passing yards got to be like 270 every time. Has he got above 270? I really don't know. I think he did against um, I'll double Arizona. Check. I'll double check. That was the only game, though. That's certainly the only game. I mean, listen to this schedule the rest of the year for Iowa. And where the, they have not lost a game on their side of the conference. And the the only game they lost is, is they got shut out by Penn State. They beat Iowa State, who destroyed UC. Right. They, uh, they score 26 against Michigan State, 20 to beat Purdue. Their defense, obviously, is very good. 15 to beat Wisconsin. They've got Minnesota, Northwestern, Rutgers, Illinois, Nebraska the rest of the way. You might see Iowa once again in the Big Ten championship game where they'll lose to Ohio State 70-3. to <laughs> That game will be found on Peacock Network. <laughs> That, I mean, there's just no way that'll be on national television. Uh, spread of that one also 70 and a half. So, <laughs> yikes. Big Ten. I, the Big Ten, man, when I watch college football, I respect the Big Ten because they've never changed ever. They still play 1950s football where nobody scores, never runs every down. And then we're just punting footballs left and right. So I respect it to a point. But at the end of the day, the fact that, like, Iowa, a team like Iowa, Purdue, these teams, like, never evolve ever. Ever. They're just not good. Ever. They never have a competent offense. Ohio State and Michigan run the Big Ten, and that's it. Nobody else competes. Penn State. Tom, Penn, Penn State's, State's relevant there. once every five years. Tom, it, I'm so I was so tired of it. Luckily, it hasn't come around this year of people trying to compare the Big Ten to the SEC. Well, let me tell you something, pal. It, Tom. When they get these, when they get Oregon and Washington in there, and USC and UCLA, don't forget about my Bruins. I mean. Right, it'll still be the second. Do you best watch that anyway. that game last week, Oregon Washington? It's a good game. It's a, it's a big time game, and I can't stand the Pac-12. And I'm not excited about these Pac-12 teams coming into the Big Ten. I'm not excited about it at all. I think it takes away the the, the regional, you know, kind yep. of thing. Um, you know, the Big Ten's already, you know, stepped out of that box when they went and got Rutgers and brought them into the league to get the New York market. When they got Maryland to flip out of the ACC, um, I mean, but that's the way this whole thing's going, right? And you get Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC, which I, I continue to maintain. Look, I will give the SEC all the credit in the world, but really you're only giving credit to two programs is all you're doing. I mean, you can sit there and say Ohio State, Michigan. Nobody in the, big, in the SEC, really at the end of the day, there was one year there with Burrow and LSU, and they have a great history and they put out great players. But it's been a while. Since you look at LSU and you're like, man, they are, like, awesome. Everybody had them in the top five this year. Tom, the only – I mean, Alabama and Georgia. Tom, LSU has had three different coaches win a national championship this century. I understand that. I'm saying, though, here in the last handful or so of years – they all of a sudden Alabama's not as great as they were. There's no denying that. Georgia is better than they've ever been. 
Okay? But the rest of those teams, that eastern half of the SEC, I mean, come on. Tom, it's much Vanderbilt. It's, a, it's not even close. It's much Vanderbilt's the only Kentucky. I'm tired of hearing about it. Florida they had one of the has best. stunk for 11 or 12 years since Urban Meyer left. Who's been better, stunk. Kentucky or Maryland? Florida. Kentucky. I, if they played this year, I think Maryland would beat them. Mm. Mm. I mean, Mississippi be, I, State. Mississippi. Arkansas has been good for a long time. Tom, Tom they've had Relevant. four. T- the SEC has had four different teams win a national championship in the past, what, 12 years? Auburn's been good for a long time. I'm not, I'm not, you, you misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not talking about the last 15 or 20 years. There's no doubt. And even up in recent times, the SEC is winning the national championship, and they have had the best team or best teams. I'm just saying that if you're going to say that Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State run the Big Ten, it's true. Alabama and Georgia, and, 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 and like a Penn State drop, LSU drop here in recent years, that's all they got in that conference. If you if you went ones versus ones, twos versus twos, threes, and I'm saying like Georgia or Alabama versus Ohio State, Alabama's been better. Georgia or Michigan, Georgia's been better. LSU or Penn State, LSU's been better. And you can go all the way down and track every single school. And if we rank each conference, LSU wins 80% of them, Tom. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if that's true or not. The old, I, I mean, mean, LSU, the, the now, I'm, not talking about when, I'm not talking about when they had less miles and they had 40 guys in the NFL down there. Or your guy, Orgeron, where they had the, you know, the, the single greatest statistical season in the history of college football by a quarterback. And you got Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and all these guys on the same team. I mean, look, I give them all the credit in the world. It's a big-time program. But I'm saying at the end of the day, all things being equal, as we sit here today, their program's no better than Penn State's program. They've won more national championships in recent years. But their program today, their team today, they're not a better team than Penn State. Well, you guys, I mean, you have three Big Ten teams ranked in the top six in the country. Right. In the country, right. you have one SEC team. One, Alabama. Now, Texas is coming into the league, but they're not there now. Alabama loses at home to Texas. I'm saying, I mean, come on now. You know, I'm not talking about 20, 25 years here. We'll do the last I'm just 10 saying years, right. Tom. I'm just saying the last five years or so, you've had a Big Ten team that every year they, they, the now they, years, now they, the they, I mean, last year, we all know. Last year, we all know. Ohio State was the better team that night when they lost to Georgia. But they they were the better team. But they lost. And there was a dirty play in the end zone <laughs> where they knock a guy out. <laughs> they lost. They, they didn't lose. I, I give it to you. They were better than Georgia last yeah, year. And Michigan, they were better. Lo- Michigan they lost. lost. And if you want to do the last though. five years, Tom, we're still doing three SEC teams have won national championships in the last five years. I understand that. We're not talking about three teams. Wait a minute. Right three teams in the last five? Five years? Oh, Burroughs year. Okay. Yeah, LSU, right. Alabama, Georgia. I'm just saying right now. The LSU's program. And I love Brian Kelly. A lot of you guys don't like Brian Kelly. I think Brian Kelly's going to win a national championship with LSU. I would not be surprised if he did. But but it's that one thing you got to show me. I mean, they got their tails kicked. That wasn't a beat. That was a beat down by Florida State, 
who hadn't won a big game since I was about 14. Beat down. I, I think if you come down to it, and I hear this argument every year from Big Ten guys, and I understand why. But like I said, if you start ranking the teams in the Big Ten versus the SEC, and you have them go head-to-head, ones versus ones, twos I versus twos, threes versus saying. threes, fours versus fours, five versus five. We fives, don't know. All the way down, I think the SEC – I mean, how many teams are in the Big, 12, Big Ten right now? Twelve? Twelve teams in the Big Ten right now? Yes. I think out of those twelve, I think the SEC wins ten of them. No. Head-to-head. No. No. I have to agree with Reed. I mean, I think – I think the Big Ten has the really good top three. But then you you look at the last five years for the rest of these teams, you're not – I mean, they're not great seasons. I mean, I hate to say it, Iowa who's, always, always who's the fails. the best team in the, in the Big Ten? Iowa, Wisconsin? Wisconsin. Michigan State, I mean, maybe. I mean, you would say Michigan State maybe a couple years ago. Michigan State hasn't been Wisconsin the best. I mean, over State the is, long haul has been the best of that group, I think. Going back to the Barry Alvarez days, as we're kind of stretching things so back, they years. won three Rose Bowls. Their their record in bowl games was just something stupid. I mean, they every time they showed up in a bowl game, no matter who they played, they kicked the snot out of them. Um, so I'm not I, I'm not sure about that. In like like Sean Spurlock's put in, Kentucky only beat EKU by 11. We're talking. I mean, Kentucky is is, is ranked or they're not ranked. Fraud. They're frauds. That's the tenth best program in the SEC. Tom. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. You say that. I gave you the stat the other day. The team that has the third most wins in the Southeastern Conference over the last eight years behind only Georgia and Alabama is Kentucky. So don't tell me Kentucky is the 10th best program in the SEC. There is no chance start, that's true. Start no list, chance. Start listing the, the SEC teams in, in order. I'm talking know. about how they've played. I just gave you a stat. I, I a hear fact. you. I hear so you. So I'm just saying, if, you, if, you, if, you, if we were to say, okay, who's the fourth best team in the Big Ten, which you just asked a second ago, all right? If I went back and dug it up that Wisconsin has the fourth most wins or Iowa has the fourth most wins, you would have to say, well, then that's the fourth best team in the conference. The last – Eight years, Kentucky has the third most wins, more than Tennessee, more than Florida. Traditionally, totally overrated teams. Totally. You know, I mean, Tennessee, God bless them, the quarterback got hurt last year and, and because they were really good before he got hurt. They were good, okay? But the Mississippis, the Arkansas, the Auburns, the Mississippi States, I mean, come on. Kentucky has won more games than all of them. So there's no way you can say Kentucky is the 10th best football school in the Southeastern Conference. Tom, if They beat the snot out of Florida. If they're, if they're a deck of cards, right? If these two programs are a deck of cards and you start shuffling them in, one on top of the other, and we start, all right, you're a college football fan, rank these college football programs, Big Ten and SEC combined. Yeah, you're going to have Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State in that top ten. The other seven are SEC schools. The other seven. You'll, you'll start going Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee. I mean, all these teams that – LSU, all these teams that are, that are, that are historic programs. Auburn. That, Auburn, Auburn, Texas that won a national championship Auburn last, has gone through three coaches in the last five years. They yeah, are an that, embarrassment to their own fan base. And I guarantee – Arkansas has gone through – 
probably four coaches in the last eight years. And, and then if we do it to the we do it to the Big Ten, Illinois has been so good. Purdue's been so been good. good. Purdue's Michigan been State, pretty good. Michigan State's been been so good recently. What are we talking about? What are we talking about, Tom? I'm not suggesting that any of them are any good. Well, I mean, if you want to start. I'm just saying, but you can't tell me we're getting back to just what you bottom. said a second ago. You said about Kentucky being the 10th best program. That is nonsense. That's nonsense. And the numbers back it up. All right. Um, we have, I guess we'll just leave that be. We have, a super, we have one super chat we didn't read. Uh, it was by Mr. Moe. He said, Iowa's OC has a clause in his contract that if they don't average 25 points or more, he gets fired by his dad. He's, <laughs> not, right. e he's not even close to 25 points per game. That's exactly right. Is there any saving Iowa's offense? It's never been saved. It never will be saved. That's just how they play football. Which, which side of the bracket is UCLA and all these teams getting? They're out? not. It's, it's, it's all gone. So there's all one big so what super happened, conference. How's the scheduling going to work? You get one rival, you yep. get two rivals, one and then rival. the rest is just just yep. shuffled. They released the schedule uh, so Michigan, last two weeks ago, all the way through 2028, I think it is. So Michigan's only going to is not going to play Michigan State every year. Um, I don't know if there's two games they're protecting for every school. I mean, it would make sense: Ohio State, Penn State, right? Yeah. Ohio State, Michigan. Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, right? And then Penn State, All those kinds Ohio of things. Uh, out west, you'd have Oregon, Washington, UCLA, USC. Maybe you flip those in a couple of other protected games. Right. I don't know. I, but, don't, um, I don't know if Penn State's going to be protected by Michigan and Ohio State, to be honest with you. I think maybe the Michigan State game would be more important to Michigan. But well, I don't know. It probably I, would, although I, I really want to dive into this article that I saw the headline on today about – um, it, it was a story about how toxic that rivalry has become. They had the huge fight. Remember last yeah, year, a couple yeah. guys got suspended, um, and all the problems going on at Michigan State right now. I could, I mean, that that school is always something. It's always something, always something. Um, all right, do we have buy or sell today? Casey's got a couple buy or sell. So Casey's going. Casey had some questions that were. I mean, he, he had to ask us, so he's taking, he's taking the buy or sell reins today. Casey. Yeah, here we go. Buy or sell. All right, here we go. Buy or sell from it, Chatterbox Sports. You will be uh, answering with an either. Buy, buy, buy. Sell, sell, sell. So, today, NFL's buy or sell for this week. We have the question number one. Okay. Is Tua the front runner for the MVP this season? Buying or selling that? Sell. Oh. Who would you sell, give it sell, to? Sell. Who would you give it to? Think there's somebody more important? You think he's he's not the front runner? I don't. Go ahead, your guys' turn. I I agree. I sell. I <laughs> sell, sell, sell. I sell. I if if you had me put money on who I think is going to win the MVP, I'd say it's Patrick Mahomes at the end of the year. So <laughs> I'm selling. I'm going to buy it. I think wow. their, off, their offense has been the best offense in the NFL. It's not really been close. If, if it's not going to be him, I think Tyree Kill is going to make a name for himself. I think the I saw. I think the record is what nineteen hundred by Calvin Johnson. Yep. I might, yeah, I might be wrong on that. That's going to break because of the extra game, and that's, that's something that, that we know is going to be broken soon. That's fair, but he has a thousand yards through six games almost. Yeah. So it would be he, shattered if he has a preposterous three thousand twenty seven hundred. 
2,700-yard season. Tyree Kill could potentially win the MVP if the Dolphins stay hot. They would obviously have to keep winning. But, I, yeah, I think somebody from that Dolphins offense has a chance to win the MVP, and they should be considered, as of this moment, the front runner. Yeah, for me, for me, I'm going to sell this mainly just because of what you said about Tyreek Hill. I think this could be one of the first seasons that we see that uh, uh, a player that's not a quarterback win it because offensively this year has been down. It's been down by a lot. There's not a lot of offensive scoring going on. There's been quite a bit of defensive scoring actually this year, and there's been a lot of just yards but no touchdowns, which kind of hurts the quarterbacks and their long-term outlook for the MVP. So I'm going to just go out on a limb here and just sell the fact that it's Tua, go with Tyree Kill. If he's on the same trajectory throughout the rest of the season, like Elliot said, it'd be like 2,500 yards receiving, which would be ridiculous. Drew Garrison puts in a great chat that is absolutely true. Tua is not the front runner for MVP because that'd be Drew Sample. Ah, yep. Forgot about him. Bengals are 2-1 and one when Drew Sample catches a pass. I'm just spitting facts. All right, let's move on to the next question that I have for you guys. C.J. Stroud has already earned Rookie of the Year. Uh, nobody's earned it yet. He's only played in six games, but he's having a great year. Do I think he will be? If you're asking me, do I think he'll be the NFL's Rookie of the Year? Overwhelmingly so, if he continues at his current pace. I would buy. Buy, buy, buy! I, yeah, I'm buying too. I, I can't see anybody else winning this. I, I think... I, I, I don't even have to look at the odds on who would even become close to this. I think that if C.J. Stroud plays even four more games and then, you know, gets hurt or something like that, he already has, he already has the award wrapped up. I agree. I don't, I, again, it's, I, I'm trying to think of the next closest rookie. I was going to look it up just then. But C.J. Stroud at this moment is the rookie of the year. Should be considered the front runner, and I think he will win it. Yeah, I mean, he's been one of the most efficient rookie quarterbacks probably – since, I don't know, Justin Herbert's rookie season. It's not that long ago, but he's been really, really, really good, and that team has nobody to throw to. So for me, I'm buying this. Um, there is some competition. It's not like he's just crushing it. Um, Sam Laporta is right there as a Ooh, yeah. top point. tight end. And then, um, Iowa and, guy, by the and, way, right? Iowa guy? Iowa. That's right. That's right. That's right. Here, by the way, here are the rookie of the years, uh, according to Bedford Sportsbook, the greatest sportsbook on demand right now. It's CJ Stroud, minus 145. Next closest is Puka Nakua, plus Ooh, 480. Yeah, uh, he's having a dynamite season yeah. with LA. Uh, Bijan Robinson, plus 650. Mm. Jordan Addison, plus 1600. Devin A. Chain. If A. Chain didn't get hurt, he did for Miami. Yeah. If a lot he of these did, guys been hurt. If he didn't get hurt, I would have I would have sneakily had him. Uh, winning that award. Zay Flowers plus 2,000. Laporta plus 4,000. Jameer Gibbs plus 4,000. That's it. But so, yeah, C.J. Stroud's going to win this award. Okay. Yeah, yeah 100%. Okay. Uh, let's move on to question number three. Jim Schwartz was the best offseason addition for any team. Jim Schwartz is the defensive coordinator for the Browns. Seems bye, 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 bye. Bye, bye, bye. Listen, I, I've talked about the Browns, all joking aside. We put them at the bottom of the stink list every week. That's a fun bit that we do because we hate the Browns. But, listen, they, I, I, I said it this week multiple times. I think they're a better version of the Dallas Cowboys. I know that's a hot take, but I think it's true. They have the best defense in the league. They, they, they do. And this is the reason that they will 
be competing for a playoff spot. This is a reason that they'll compete competing for the AFC North. This is a really good team, and and it's all thanks to Jim Schwartz. He he he's he. They had the players. We've all known how good this roster has been built for years. Now they're putting it together on the defensive side of the ball. Absolutely, I'm buying this. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd buy it. It's the, it's the only reason they're in games right now. The defense is the best defense in the league historically. It's been one of the best defenses through six weeks of any NFL season. So yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take that. Buy it. Yeah, I mean I'm gonna buy this too, but I don't think it's like some crazy thing that he did. I think he was just the like the smartest one in the room at the time when they when they were looking at all the defensive coordinators and all the past ones that they've had. I don't know why they didn't use Miles Garrett the way that they use him now currently. I mean, he's all over the field. He's not just on the right or the left end. I mean, he's lining up at linebacker. Tight ends are trying to double him, and he's creating penalties, just moving back and forth between side to side. They went out and got Zadarius Smith to help solidify that pass rush. He never had a duo, um, a guy to help him out there. Yeah, I mean, this team has been unlocked, at least on defense. They look like the team that everyone hyped them up to be at least on defense. So, yeah, I'm buying that. Okay. Um, last question. Last question. Here we go. And this one. And this then is, I have a question for Reed. Go ahead. Oh, God. This one it, I think you're going to like, Tom. Is this the best Lions team that you've ever seen in your life? In my life, bye, bye, bye. And they've had bye, some bye, good bye. teams. They've had a lot more bad teams, but they've had some good, exciting, high-scoring teams. But on both sides of the ball, without a doubt, Best Lions team I have seen, even the Barry Sanders years. Best Lions I've seen in my lifetime, and that's a hell of a lot longer than all three of you guys maybe combined. Yeah. Um, you, you think about the Lions, obviously they've been bad for forever. There was a couple years there where they won 11, 12 games with uh, Matt Stafford and Calvin Johnson. And going back even to Scott Mitchell. Right. When so, Sanders was playing. So, I, yeah, I was <laughs> Sanders was a bit before my time. Yeah. But uh, certainly, I went with Calvin Johnson and Matt Stafford. They were very good. They never really competed in the postseason. This team can compete in the postseason. Sure, I'll buy. This is the best Lions team I've seen in my lifetime. This is the first time that I that I felt. You know, we, we we joke about the Lions. We joke about the Browns. Are they always going to be the Lions? Are they always going to be the Browns? They're starting to turn the corner. We're seeing it right before our eyes. Sure, I'll buy this. Uh, I'll sell this. I think the Lions are fine. I think they're doing great. They play in the worst division in football. They play in the worst conference in football. So I, I'm, I'm not buying this hype. I think they're, I think they're good. I think they're going to make the postseason. I think they're going to be the third seed in the NFC. Do I think they're, they have a chance to win a Super Bowl? No, I do not. Yeah, me and Jacob, we talked about this. Um, we just texted each other because I was trying to formulate my opinion on them because yesterday we had that discussion about Jared Goff and Brock Purdy, which we won't get into. But I started going through each position group, and I'm like – that receiving group with Jamison Williams, that's a top 10 to 15 group above average in the league. The running back group with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, that's you'd want that duo. That's a top 10 group right there. Tight end right now, he's playing phenomenally. That's a top eight tight end group right there. Yeah, I think the running backs room is better than top 10. But yeah, go ahead. O-line, top three. Maybe. And then you go to the defense right now. I mean, they're playing like a top 10 defense. Aiden Hutchinson is one of the top edge rushers in the league right now. The 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 front seven's dominant. Now, when they were fully healthy and they had Chancey Gardner-Johnson, that safety group was spectacular. The corners have been playing above their, their expected um, performance. So 
to me, this is the best group overall roster construction-wise. I think the question really comes down to what do you value more, the connection between Stafford and Calvin Johnson or the rest of the group? For me, it's the rest of the group. No. I think this is the best Lions team no I've doubt. ever seen. No doubt. All right, Tom, what you got? All right, I, 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 you know, look, I got to get to a couple of things because just coming back following surgery. Um, we got to get to the bottom of Sharon Peters. We've got some ideas, Tom. We've got some ideas. Uh, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, Sharon is uh, a regular in our chat. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there are a lot of charges in the chat about who it might be. The quitter. Uh, Who's the quitter? Paul, Paul Fritchner. Yeah, it's not, I think the noun works fine. Um, you know, I, I really want to know because I really want to know if this is uh, a woman who's, you know, watching our show. And our show is overwhelmingly dominated by males, 98% something. So I'd like to know if there are some women uh, that are watching our show or whether this is all a fraud. We you got see, Molly. You see, the thing about Sharon. Molly, too. Forgive me. Molly's here all the time, too. Sharon, it, like, the, the reputation that Molly has built with the, the women in our chat is, uh, is being brought down by Sharon Peters. That's what, that's what really sticks about this. So listen, Tom. We have a RM of, says it's, she's a woman. The couple things that we know about Sharon. We thought it was, we thought it was Paul because it, it appeared as though Sharon had some inside information, that stuff that we would only talk about. Like there's been a couple chats that were like, whoa, how would Sharon know this if it wasn't someone in the room? So we're like, is it Paul? Is it Jacob Tissett? But we noticed an irregularity yesterday. Yesterday, Mouse Cop was not in the chat at all. He was not watching the show yesterday live. Sharon Peters didn't appear in the chat yesterday. Is that a coincidence? I've, I've. Well, you are always looking to take a shot at Mouse Cop. He's always looking to take a shot at me, Tom. I got to punch back every once in a while. I mean, I can't be sitting here on the mat alone. I mean, I got, I got, I got to defend myself. Elliot Mouse Cop says he's expecting you to defend him on a regular basis. Where I, does that all stand? I defend Mouse Cop. Mouse Cop is my brother. But here's the thing about Mouse Cop. It is a little suspicious the past two days. No Mouse Cop, no Sharon. No Mouse Cop, no Sharon. Mouse Cop comes back. Sharon's right behind him. It's a little suspicious. Now, I have no proof, so I will defend Mouse Cop. I will still blame Paul. But if I the find... Quitter. The quitter. The it quitter. Is, it is if, funnier to blame Paul. If I find out that Mouse has wronged me, this is a relationship that can never be mended. But as of right now, Mouse is still my brother. Okay, well, all right, Tom. Um, we'll figure it out. Let's uh, let's let's wrap up the show since yep. we're here at twelve o'clock. Cherry on top. Cher cherry on top. It's Reed's top five. It's Wednesday, so we'll, we'll do our it top. Better five. be a hell of a lot better than last week. It, I, I promise it will, Tom. I promise it will. All right, Casey, run that cherry on top. Presented by our friends at United Dairy Farmers. Boy, that looks good. Oh, doesn't it, Tom? Get you one, Tom. Yeah, you I didn't know, go you know, you I, earned it. Yeah, gosh, I'm trying to. Sweet go treat. Ahead. Go ahead. Bring yourself a little treat. All right, guys, so uh, we had Marty on today, and we talked about the Cincinnati Reds. And this is stuff that has been talked about a lot for Cincinnati Reds fans is where are the acquisitions going to be? We know that this team isn't quite ready for the postseason, but they can get some pieces. They've got money to spend. So I, I dug through. Me and Elliot, uh, we talked about some, some people that the Reds could get um, this offseason to, to really enhance their chances next year. So without so this further is a top five list of players the Reds should acquire during the offseason. Correct, Tom. You're right on it. You're right on it. Okay. So we'll start out with number five. He's, uh, he's, he's showing 
that maybe his price tag is going to be a little higher than we initially perceived, and that's because he's pitched so well in the postseason. It's Jordan Montgomery. He is a free agent this year, okay. left-handed, veteran arm. He's pitched Solid. in the NL Central Solid. for years, so he knows how to attack certain teams in the NL Central. I think this is a piece that could really help the Reds. I know they've got a lot of arms that are coming back that can start games for them. I don't think that they should sit on their hands. I think they should go out and get a veteran arm that can eat up a lot of innings and really keep this team in, in uh, competition. Okay. So that's Jordan Montgomery coming in at number four. So I started thinking, five. listen, or five, my vibe. We're going to number four. Listen, we need veteran arms, right? We, 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 who's another veteran arm that the Reds can get to eat up some innings this year? And I think he'll be cheap. Um, he's got some experience playing for the Reds. It's Homer Bailey. I think the Reds should go out and, and get Homer Bailey, um, he's a right-handed arm. I know that they spent money and they've missed on Homer Bailey, but you can't miss twice, right? Go and give Homer Bailey a big contract. Have him come back and be the Reds. And, yes, that is Homer yes, Bailey. Yes, That's a picture yes. of, of former Reds pitcher Homer Bailey. So that was coming in at number four. All right, what's the other thing? We just lost all credibility in this list. Go, Go ahead. ahead. What's the other thing that Reds fans have said? Maybe they need a power left-handed bat. So this guy, after you know dwindling for a, four, four years ago, was a big name. Then a couple bad years in a row, people were going, listen, this guy stinks. He's no good anymore. But last year, he had a comeback year. Left-handed power bat I know you're all thinking of. It's the new guy in town, Mike Moustakis. Go out and get Mike Moustakis on a big contract. Bring him back. He's the new guy in town. Power left-handed bat. I think he's got what it takes to really improve this lineup. Number three was Mike Moustakis. <laughs> Listen, here in town, all or rising tides raise all ships, whatever that saying is. That was close. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was so close. He's on a roll. Let him go. Um, we've got a lot of the, the Reds team. Their roster is built around speed. It's built around, you know, you oh, know putting no. some pressure on the, on the defense and, and really running some bases. I think this helps the city of Cincinnati. The Reds go out and secure a contract with Jamar Chase. <laughs> Have Jamar Chase, listen, before anything else, the Reds are a business. And how they make money is getting butts in the seats. If you get one of the most popular guys in the city, you let him play 162 games, Jamar Chase. I mean, what more can you do? Plus, it, it eases the, the Cincinnati Bengals contract that they're going to have to sign him to. So it helps the city as a whole. All right, coming in at number one, mm. this is a guy that um, he, he, he's, he's finally – um, going to be off contract. He's going to be off contract, so he's going to be a free agent this year. Power left-handed bat. Um, can play outfield, and I know that's something that the Reds would need. Um, yeah, his contract just ran out. It's Ken Griffey Jr. I think the Reds should go out and sign Ken Griffey Jr. He has been the face of Major League Baseball for 30 years now. The kid. He's the kid. You got to let him play. Power left-handed bat. Put him out in the outfield. That's the top five guys that the Reds should get this season, this offseason. You started well and went straight in the tank. After Jordan Montgomery, straight in the tank. <laughs> you don't think they should get Mike Moustakis? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> or Homer Bailey? <laughs> uh, you know, there might be a lot of fans that push for both those moves. We're going to get Homer Bailey on the program. Are we? Yeah. I told you guys he's a student at TCU. 
Oh, really? Are you guys not around for that, that day we talked about that? I'm not no. sure. I'm yeah. not sure. He's, he he's, is. His family, he grew up on an enormous chicken farm. Thousands and tens of thousands. And his family still does that for a living. TCU apparently has one of the, if not the very best, ranch management programs of any college in the United States of America. A lot of ranches down there in Texas. That would make some sense, right? He is getting his degree from there. How about that? What about that? Yeah, so I caught up. I shot him a text. He said, I'd love to come on. He said, let me get through some of this stuff, school stuff, because uh, he said it's, it's, it's very challenging, very busy, but I'd like to have him come on because I think he would be an interesting guest to have on this show. No doubt. Right? No, no doubt. doubt. I think Let's get him good. on. All right, now tomorrow, we're talking about a big college football day on Friday. Previewing the Buckeyes, previewing the Bearcats, all that kind of thing. Uh, tomorrow, we'll talk more Bengals, Yep. right? What else, anything else on your mind tomorrow? Yeah, let's see if we can, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, when we get off air, we'll see if we can get a, a Bearcats guy because the big Bearcats news and see how, uh, see how that plays out okay. because of the basketball players. Okay, all right. Um, all right, gentlemen, Casey. Stink list reached new lows today. Thanks, Tom. New lows. New oh, lows. We thank all list. of you in the chat. Boy, uh, Sharon, can tell you, can you teach it on a roll? We do have box lunch for members only, Tom. Coming up now. Yep. So when, when we come off, we'll start a new stream. It, it, it'll take you if you're a member only to the stream, but, but look on our channel. Um, if you're not a member and you want to see this, it, we have a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun on, on Monday. And uh, completely unfiltered. Yeah, unfiltered. I love, it. I love it. All right. Box Lunch coming up. Thank all of you for joining us. Please tell us uh, your friends, your family, even some of your enemies all about uh, our program. And uh, we'd love to have uh, more folks show up and join us, especially in the chat. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you. Thank all right, you. here we go. Box Lunch right now. <laughs>